like it's raw. Thank you. Yeah, I get these super long because I like these essential waters. They're high pH. I have the worst acid reflux when I'm pregnant. Hey, listen, I love those essential waters too, but then it's always something that just fucks with, like, somebody said that that type of water is, like, bad because of something. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, These days, you know, I don't know what to think is true and what's not true. I have you know? I have really, really bad acid reflux when I'm pregnant, so I have to do the high pH. But I, I bought the, it was worth the investment because I was realizing how much money I was spending on these, like, to get the cases delivered. And I said to my husband, we should just install a filter that just does it automatically at our sink. So we got that. Because it's kind of like, is it like almost like alkali water? Yeah. Or is it like some mm-hmm. of the processes? It's high pH, yeah. It's less acidic. Oh. You can get purified water. Then you can get like a, a higher pH water. That goes back to like chemistry freaking high do a lot classes. of reading. I, I like that. Hey, are we, we good, right? All right, cool. Uh, welcome to another episode of our Off the Record podcast. Today, I got somebody in the building who I think some people would consider controversial. <laughs> I think Um, some people also might just consider her very um, intellectually superior to most. And some people might just consider her as somebody who just spits the truth raw and uncut. I like to think of it as a ladder. Um, I usually agree with most of what you say, but I never would say it online. So that's why when I saw you do, I saw you do the full send podcast and I was like, wait, does she do non-political stuff? Because again, I know a good amount, but I I can't, argue with you like some of these other people but i do think what you say is important because from the black community i feel like we only have the same voices regurging the same information um so i brought my ass all the way to nashville welcome to nashville yep nashville <laughs> tennessee first time here it is hot it's yeah you're in the hottest week it's, it's never been this hot before it's crazy hot right now and if you don't know by now clearly my uh guest for today is candace owens someone who i believe i actually just want to ask you the first question why, why do they call you controversial? Um, because I think, I think in regards to the black community, they're really used to what you just said, which is everybody being in lockstep, right? So the black community decides we're all getting behind Black Lives Matter, and that's all you hear on the airways at all times. So when a voice breaks and they're like, actually, I don't support Black Lives Matter, the organization, it just seems so controversial. And so I, I just think it's because people are used to saying whatever they have to do to appeal to the social standard of the day. And I'm, I've just, I'm not built that way. Like I don't need, I'm not pledging a sorority. I'm not trying to try out for a cheerleading team. I'm trying to live my life authentically. And that cuts people the wrong way sometimes. When did that happen? And, and, and also like, I was very shocked that I was looking up like popular black outlets to see if you've appeared on it. And I've never seen it. And I'm wondering why. Yeah. It's funny because then people attack me. They go, oh, you never go on black media. You never go on the black airways. And I go, why don't you go out to your black media hosts and see if they've ever invited me on their show? I've never been invited. They don't invite me. In fact, there have been times where I've actively tried to make an appearance. Like, yeah, like I talk to a lot of these people behind closed doors, like Charlemagne the God, for example. Right. Yeah. I've been like, perfect. You you, you are on the airways. People are talking about me all the time. Right. Why wouldn't you you have me? on the show to defend myself, right? You and made that inquiry? No way. 100% I said to him, let me on, let me on, let me on. And it's like, oh, this person's going to be in touch with, but it never happens, right? So to me, it's either they're getting pressure from management, which in my opinion, it's because people don't want the truth out there once the narrative is decided upon, you know? Once upon a time, it was Black Lives Matter. You couldn't speak any, say anything against it. Right now, it's Big Pharma and vaccines. You can't say anything against Big Pharma and vaccines, so they try to keep you off the, air, off the airways. Um, but for, yeah, I think, I think that's the reason why is that people don't want the narrative interrupted with the truth. Hmm. 
But if I ever have invited, I've gone. How how difficult was it for you? You sent one email. (laughs) One email. I said, okay, sure. I actually DM'd you. You're like, hey, just set up set up a time with my assistant. Here we are. There we go. Um, so when did this kind of start, though, in 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 um the sense of where people have just seen because the common narrative about you in the black community is just like, hey, she's kind of fighting for everything that we. And there's a very there's there's a lot of group thing. Mm. Like we, our goals are this. We usually move like this, and she's usually rocking for elsewhere. And, and you obviously just kind of described yourself as an independent thinker. I'm wondering when did you realize that, um, or maybe you've always been like, hey, listen, I got to break this mold, or oh, that's not right, or that's kind of effed up. My whole life, <laughs> my whole life. Back I to mean, college, back to elementary school. Actually, really? I would say middle school is when I just realized that I was different. But in middle school, I was super insecure about being different, and um, it's so funny because I. It, you look back on your life and you think of all these moments. And I was thinking the other day, and I wrote my book about how I used to be so bullied by black girls when I was in middle school, right? Really? Yeah, but which, what was interesting is not in elementary school, because in elementary school, if you recall, the system is you get into your homeroom assignment, and then you're just in classes with whoever your homeroom assignment is, right? Yeah. So you're, it's a mixed class. So my best friends in elementary school were a Hispanic girl and a black girl, Alex and Leslie, right? So everything was copacetic. But then when you go into middle school, you have to take a test, Right. Mm, and suddenly yeah. it's it's state it's it's Connecticut state standards. I happened to get a lot of the answers right on the test and I tested into a class with all white people. Right. So when you're in school, you make friends with whoever's around you. It's not you're not you're not thinking yeah, about yeah. their race. Nothing. Absolutely. Who are you with every second of the day? So I had friends that were people that were in my classroom every day when I was in middle school. And this started all of these issues with um Black girls, and there's a moment that I will never forget. And it's funny because they all became my friends eventually, but they in middle school, they really bullied me for acting white, meaning being in the high classes. I only had one other black person in my class, actually two, and they were both my friends. Were, Devin, were they just calling acting white being smart? Being because smart. Usually, usually I know when they, they say someone's acting white, sometimes they're from like a neighborhood with white people. Right, but I, I did. My, my grandparents took me out of, so we used to, when I was young, we lived in like, I was super poor, we lived in this apartment, and then my grandparents, father came around and was like, I don't want my grandbabies growing up like this. And he moved us into a middle-class neighborhood. So it wasn't just in school. It was even the neighborhood I lived in. It was middle-class, not upper middle-class, but it was, you know, majority white, you know, black, a couple of black families, but majority white neighborhood that I was in when I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. So whether I was on the bus going home or whether I was in classroom, I was surrounded by majority white people, right? So this one lunchroom situation, I'll never forget. There was this girl named Sheena. I, th- I thought she was so beautiful. Like, literally, this black girl. I, was, I wanted to be her. She didn't know this, obviously. I yeah, thought yeah. she was so pretty. And I used to sit and eat lunch with everyone that was in my classroom. So I would sit and eat lunch. Um, and one day, Sheena called me over. And at this time, I, I used to just love books. I fell in love with books. My mom was a big reader. And I was reading books that were bigger than my head by the time I was, like, six years old. What was your mom's profession? Um, my mother, she worked as... Um, almost like an executive assistant at a chiropractic firm, I would say. Mm. I don't know what her official title was. I should know that. Um, she didn't graduate high school, so she actually worked her way up to that position. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, but she was a reader. And like she spent some time when she was young in a group home. Um, but I fell in love with books. That was what me and my mother had in common. And at this time, they were releasing all the Harry Potter books. And my mom and I used to like try to beat each other reading the book, right? So I would race home, and I would be like in a Harry Potter book, like super nerdy, but yeah, I, just, yeah. I liked books, so I don't know what to say. And Sheena was sitting at this table with all the black girls. She was in a different cog than me, so like a different like set of classes than me. And um, she called me over to the table. I was like, 
she just called me over the table. This is going to be really cool. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so at that time, the number one song was Fabulous, um, Holla Back Youngin. Oh, okay. Right? okay I don't yeah, know. I think it's Silas' song, Holla Back Youngin, right? I never listened to it a day in my life. I was literally reading Harry Potter. Like, I just was not into culture at all, right? She calls me over. She I had said, no idea about F-A-B-O? I get, I get it, though. Just being honest. By the way, I, I grew up in Jamaica, so <laughs> similar situation in terms of I, I had culture shock when I came here, so continue. Yeah, it wasn't even a culture shock. It just was, I just wasn't interested in, in music, yeah. you know, full stop. I was interested in books, you know. Okay, it's okay. kind of nerdy, but, like, I was interested in books. And so she calls me over to the cafeteria table, and she says, Candice, if I was to say to you, holla, what would you say back to me? Said, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <a> trap. <laughs> this was a trap. What'd you say? You're not going to believe it. What? I said, I would probably say hello. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's probably saying hola, The whole hola. table started laughing. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, to embarrass me. Like, you know, the whole table started laughing. So I didn't know what it was. Went back to my table, went back home, learned the entire song, every single lyric of it. Because I was like, I just got made fun of in school for not knowing the song. But it's so emblematic. And eventually, me and her became friends, actually. So it would be funny if she sees this. Because, like, I eventually became friends with all of these girls. But... It, it was constantly stuff like that, right? Like, you're not cultured enough. You don't know what's going on. And it's like, listen, guys, I genuinely like to read. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I, I'm, do, I'm doing my homework when I get home from school. Like, so People I was, like that are usually shamed. Yeah, and, you get picked on, yeah. right? So that's a, that's a cultural problem that they're, even for, you know, the black kids that are out there that like, maybe there's some science nerds, some math dweebs, they're being told that you're not black enough if you're, yeah. not, if you're not following, if you don't know that when I say holla, you have to say holla back, right? Yeah. And so I, I, I look back on that time, and there were so many instances of, like, the black girls in middle school picking on me just because I was in a different class, you know? Um, and I think that that, it's kind of just been the story of my life. Like, you know, this is what I'm interested in. I like politics. I like, you know, studying government stuff right now. I like looking into, you know, charities like Black Lives Matter since I understand finance and how money laundering works. Um, but... You know, people don't like that. They don't like that you're not into whatever the thing of the day is, right? Did, did that kind of already, like, instill in you um, just, like, a combative sense that you were, because you weren't going with the flow or the norm or cultural norms, that you usually either were going to be completely bullied and made fun of, or you're probably going to have to stand up for yourself in certain senses, no, I think what it did was I tried to, once I got into high school, quiet the dweeb in me a little mm -hmm. bit. So I got more in line with it. And I mean, and by the way, like by that time in middle school, I did fall in love with Jay-Z. So I, I started getting really into Jay-Z's oh, music. Like, yeah, I love Jay-Z. I Favorite loved, loved Jay-Z as an artist. Okay. I don't love him now as what he's become because I feel like the way that he lived his life and how he got out, he doesn't preach, right? I don't like people that don't- I don't think don't, any rapper does that though. I don't like people that don't preach what they practice. Right. No. That's not how you got out. <laughs> like, so you're, what, what are you telling people to be out in the streets protesting and doing all this? That's not how you got out. Right. You're a businessman. You're very smart. The whole entire black album is a business album. If you listen to it the right way. Right. He's, he's telling right. you actually a lot of the stuff that I learned for, for, in terms of is pretty business savvy as well. Yeah. No, you, you, I mean, that, that's a common thing in the rap community, too, though. Like I've always said hip hop is pretty hypocritical. Yeah. Like they even said about they said Jeezy told you to trap or die but he told his son to go to college yes and you that's know? that's my problem is that they're not it's like why can't you preach to the black community how you what you practice what, what would be so difficult about that you know because it's not cool Everybody, it's not gonna yeah, sell it's records gonna, it's gonna sound corny but you know what it, I mean? it didn't sound corny to me when he was saying it on the black album right when he was talking about not being made a fool and you know all of the stuff about i learned a lot from that album that i practice today 
right? Not letting people take me for granted. You know, you're well, not you gonna... might like that album. Most people liked Reasonable Doubt when he was Reasonable rapping about Reasonable Doubt is great, yeah. When he was rapping mostly about drugs. Right, but like, he got out of it. You're right. right. I, I, I agree. He started here. So he, it, he has evolved, and yet he won't allow the black community to evolve with him. And that is my problem with him today, right? Incredibly talented rapper, no question about it. But I just don't like when people, like, don't give people the map that they followed in a way. So, you know, yeah, but I eventually just kind of pulled back, I think, on that side and always made a point as if it was like an assignment to follow enough culture that I knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then what ended up happening was that I would have some of the girls in like an art class where they don't like, it doesn't matter. They just put you in a random art class and then I would, they'd always be the same thing. You'd be like, oh, Kenneth, you're actually really cool. Like, I, I just, I thought that you wanted to be white. And I'd be like... <laughs> you, you, you pushed me for four years into a locker because you just th you never thought to say hello or say anything, you know. And I see ridiculous comments like that, like in the shade room. They're like, "Yo, she just wants to be white." What does that even? What does that even mean? Actually, like, what does that mean? She wants to be white because what it signifies to me is that they have a concept of whiteness that actually indicates that they're racist against black people, right? Mm. She speaks proper English, so she wants to be white. Yeah. What are you saying? You're saying that black people can't speak proper English? She likes to read books. She wants to be white. She's in a higher class. She wants to be white. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, when I, like, you know she, got, she got an A on the test. She wants to be white. Like That is literally, you have already processed that black people are less than white people. It's kind of sad, but, but I'll even give you a personal example. I, you know, I grew up in Jamaica. I used to get, so they, they grade you in Jamaica um, against your classmates. So rather than getting an A, they'd be like, you're first out of 30. Oh, wow. So it's pretty, you know, if, if you know when you're the dumbest motherfucker in the class. <laughs> I kind of so, love that. You are so, 30 out of 30. Exactly. So I was first for like every year until I came here. And even a part of a culture shock, I realized the nerdy factor, because by the way, my name ended up being like DJ Academics, but like still, I used to like willingly put like bonics like into my slang just just to not just seem like too square because right. it's just it's looked down on kind it of, is you know? it's looked down on and and so for me i think what bo what bothers a lot of people about me is that i have the audacity to be square you know what yeah. i mean like i think it's hip to be square there you go like i'm out there gar gardening on my instagram like i'm doing stuff that i think is fun and that i you might think it's nerdy and i'm telling people you actually this is now an option i want young black kids that are growing up that like weird stuff to get into it get into your weird stuff because yeah. like, that's going to make you successful not learning ebonics could be you know could you drop an album like jay-z and then things take off but it reality is 10 out of 10 times if you devote yourself to academics you will be successful right your chance of becoming the next lebron james literally virtually zero percent but yet yeah. we put so much energy into that i agree i i think unfortunately um when i've heard you talk i hear you actually fighting for black values black morals black black people's way of life to improve but then when i hear people talk about you there's they would say that you're working against that yeah you know, one of the most popular, um, at least cultural discussions I've seen you do was clearly the one, uh, the Revolt Summit. Mm. And I just remember the clips going viral. And I remember I saw the clip way before I saw the whole thing. And it was just like, it was framed like, yo, T.I. checks, you know, just checks Candace Owen because she was talking crazy. And really, you know, it wasn't until I watched the whole thing, I was like, to be honest, it was really two people on that stage making any sense. Right. right? It was you and Clearly Killer, Killer Mike. Mike. Right. right. And, and that's the whole thing. They don't want black people to see the whole thing. 
They look for these stupid cultural moments like, oh, that's it. That's all we need is that five seconds because God forbid black America hears what everybody in that room heard, by the way. When that when that panel concluded, so many people came up to me in the audience and were like, I've never heard you in full form. Why don't you do more stuff like this? Why don't you know? I actually agree with a lot of what you were saying, because when you hear me in a, in a longer form, then you go, oh, OK, actually, I realize that the media keeps excerpting her and making her sound this way or that way. But why are they doing that is the bigger question. Why I, didn't they let them, that, that run in its entirety? Why weren't the headlines like Killer Mike and Candace, you know, have an incredible discussion about black America, father absence and all of these topics? Why did we let this fool who is the biggest? He is such a fraud. T.I. is just I was just telling you before we started running, but he that situation got me so angry because T.I. was the only person that I knew prior to stepping onto that stage. Kanye had introduced us um, maybe the year prior, we had spoken on the phone for a, a lot of like hours on the phone about what our opinions are politically. I felt like he was trying to dunk on you a lot. It was crazy because when I spoke to him on the phone, he was like, I agree with you on this. I agree with you on this. I mean, agreed on everything we talked about. Every no debate. Sing, no debate. The only no thing, pushback. The only thing he says is like, you know, I just, I just can't get behind Trump, right? That was yeah, the yeah, only yeah, okay. thing he ever said on the phone. I can't get behind Trump. Every other topic we talked about Black America, he agreed with, he agreed with. He was so kind. We got on stage and he turned into like a performer. Like he literally put on a performer. So I say now T.I. is a fraud. He's a very little man physically like and mentally he's a small man because to do that for what? There was nothing but in that room. I was not jumping on stage being like vote for Trump. Right. I was not up there like you got to be with Trump or against Trump. We were having a very real honest discussion that black America deserved to have on that stage. Right. That they deserve to listen to and develop opinions. And he halted it by, you know, acting like a goon. The do you feel like you guys were like, I don't know, friends might be a stretch, but like if you guys were talking before, because I felt like he just met you that day. Yeah. And also, I really felt like he just completely hated everything you said. Yeah. And he's a liar. He's a fraud and a liar. So, you know, whenever I see headlines now about him and all the personal stuff he has going on, I'm like, I don't doubt anything because anybody that can move like that, because to me, I don't care what your position is. If you are left and you believe what you say, I respect you for believing it, even if I disagree. He gets out there and says what he doesn't believe, right? And tries to create a moment. And he literally just became a performer on stage. Like, what, what does the crowd want? How can I get the crowd hyped up, even if I have to say stuff that I don't believe? That, that is so toxic for the black community. That is th so toxic. I think he, that was also around the time where there was many things that, I don't know if it's still happening now, but it was definitely shown in the media a lot where, you know, Incidents with like you know black men and like the police were happening. And, like I would always see like a long caption with a Ti was right out, and I was like, oh wow, like I think he's kind of he's very interested at least in some of the political ramification of what's happening in the black community. So I'm like, all right, maybe that's where he was angling to. I think, and it's been so interesting watching so many of those people who seemingly was trying to fight that fight, now they've completely pivoted. Right. You know, like, he's doing comedy now, you know? Yeah. Um, well, not a, saying he doesn't... He's a, he's a joke. I mean, like, he should be doing comedy. <laughs> that's, that is the correct space for him because you're a joke. If you could, if you could spend hours okay. and hours having a conversation, like, it's just, I don't understand people that Did you ever talk to him can, again? No. Yeah, he, I don't, he seems like a cool guy. He's I, not, though. That's what I'm saying to you. He was a cool guy when I spoke to him and there were no cameras running. But if you're that inauthentic and that's how you live your life, I don't know how you sleep. You know what I mean? On the other hand, I didn't know Killer Mike from a hole in the wall. He has been the most authentic, kind, like we respectfully disagree on certain certain circumstances. He's so intelligent. We read all the same books. You know, you will see him putting out different ideas. There are things I disagree with, but I can't not love Killer Mike. Like Killer Mike, honestly, I, I wish I could work with him in a bigger capacity because I think that he is just 
I mean, just, just the way he lives his life. It's just, it's positivity, it's love. He's got friends from all over and he's authentic. And that's what matters most is authenticity. The black community is regularly being served the TIs. That's the problem. Mm. The TIs who will get out and say whatever to you when a microphone is in their face, knowing fully well they don't live that way and they don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Ti has good intentions. I would hope. I would hope. You know, um, from what you're describing there. No, no, no. From what you're describing there, I mean, like, I would be, if me and you communicated privately and like we talked about some of the same, you know, ideologies that either we might share or, or mine, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I get it. And, I, and then we get on stage. And, then I get up here and I'm like, yeah, yo, what like, you talking yo, about, man? Like, yo, you a sellout. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, what are you like, talking about? Like, we just agree. We've been talking for months. Yeah. So, so you never talked to him after that? No. No, I, I have such disdain for little men. I really do. And I'm not, I mean, like, he's a, he's a small man to me. Like, there's something, like, as a man, you don't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't just be like, no, I disagree with that. He literally got up and pretended like he had never heard these words before. They didn't know where I was coming from. I mean, it was wild. I thought that would have put you off of a lot of conversations that would include and just be directed towards black culture because a lot of it does happen to be performative. It like is. If, if, you're ha- if I'm having a conversation with someone, and I've done, I've done this on a podcast before, and I'm like, you know what? I'm actually thinking about, like, if, if the election was today, I might vote Trump. And, and, and it's like performative stuff happened. Yo, you were selling, like, the conversation just stops. It's not like, okay, let's really talk through this. It just stops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Telling the line. Yeah, Telling the line because they're scared to lose followers. They're scared to be trashed in the comments. They're scared to lose a platform. You know, where do I go from here if I have an original thought? I just got to tell the line. That, what you're seeing, is cowardice. Has that ever been a situation for you where you're like, you know, we've seen in some situations Twitter has silenced people or got them off the platform. They've been mm-hmm. deplatformed. Um, has that ever been a real serious thing? Because I do think these days, and I, I told you right before we started, I'm like, yo, I don't post political stuff on my Instagram anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've been I've been ran away from it by the platforms because they're going to go through it and comb through it. Um, with a fine tooth comb, and, and and a lot of times, if you're not saying something that's pro Democrat, they're gonna say that's fake news. Right. So I don't want my page shadow banned because I really like you know I'm running a business at least on Instagram. I don't want to mess my stuff by by even trying to you know um, go into that realm. So I, yeah. I just stay away from it. You know, I think for me, do you have kids? No. Okay, so I have obviously I'm about yeah. to pop this one out in three Congrats weeks, <laughs> um, and I have a son at home, and I think for me now. I can't stomach being inauthentic and knowing that my silence is contributing to a world that is being built that I don't believe in and that could potentially be harmful that my child is going to have to thrive in. So case in point, Mm. my Twitter account has been locked for two weeks. They want me to either admit that I was wrong or I have to go through a pending review process because I wrote something that they consider to be transphobic, right? I think the trans agenda is one of the most harmful things that we have coming down the pipeline right now. I'm the loudest voice against it. In the way that I was loudly against Black Lives Matter, I am loudly against the trans agenda, okay? Explain that. What do you think the agenda is? the, The agenda is abundant and it is around you everywhere. It is children that right now they are passing through legislation that teachers can call your child. Imagine you drop your child off for kindergarten, your little girl, and they can say to them, oh, oh, Sammy, do you feel like a boy today? And they can start saying, well, Sammy, you know, you're allowed to be a boy if you want to. And teachers are teaching little kids that you are think confused. the influence is like 
they're a, coming yeah. also from these exterior forces? Or? It is. The Department of Education <clears throat> is sending these narratives down. I cover this extensively on my show. This is why I'm interested in politics, because politics is shaping our world today. When you went to high school, how many trans kids did you graduate with? I don't, I don't remember anyone. Zero. Zero. Yeah. I graduated with zero. You really want me to believe that in a kindergarten class, one third of them are trans? That's that's an agenda. That's not. Are you kidding me? You, Is that the number they come up with? Yeah, insane. In some in some uh, graduating classes, thirty percent, forty percent of kids that have gender issues. This is not normal, right? That they're being taught that, and they're learning it because they're learning in kindergarten that they can be whatever they want, and that's it's a, there are dedicated classes and organizations and all of this money that is going into funding these programs. This is what happens when the federal government takes over education, right? They decide what your children are going to learn. Similarly, at the exact same time, is critical race theory, right? You didn't grow up learning like to hate white people you just didn't i didn't grow up learning yeah. all this race stuff you know i grew up in a very mixed town you know in connecticut stanford connecticut and we just did not we didn't we weren't actively learning this stuff in the classroom the stuff that is happening in school right now i had a woman that i used to nanny for she pays for her kids to go to a school fifty thousand dollars a year right crazy already wild right yeah. <laughs> new york city and in the class they Hopefully allow the during black or during during um black history month yeah all of the white kids have to go to the auditorium and they allow all of the black kids to stand on stage and yell at them and tell them what they... No way. I swear to God, I could name the, I could name the high school, but I'm not going to do it out of respect for her, right? And just say, you don't know what it's like as a black person, blah, 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 blah. That blows my mind. Like the concept of that happening... Wait, what, what age is this? They're in middle school. Really? Yeah, middle school. So, it, <clears throat> I mean, that was my experience like going through school. I don't think it was. Was it mine either? Right. So, so what do you think is changing though? What is changing is that people are understanding first and foremost, the trans agenda is related to big pharma because these kids become big pharma customers for life, right? They are putting these children on puberty blockers, puberty blockers that turn that, that stop them from going through puberty, right? They develop micro penises after this. This is stuff that they don't tell parents, right? They go, Oh, it's fine. You can just stop puberty for a little. You can't just stop and skip puberty. There are, there are so many detrimental things that happen because of this. Beyond that, these kids have to take depression pills. They get older. They keep saying, oh, you're still depressed because you just need to get the boobs. You just need to get this. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I mean, the this, LGBT this. agenda has been insane all wait, around wait. us. How did how did it get to even, like, you know, where it's involving kids? I, I remember, and what I would think is, like, you know, transphobia is, is just... I would be thinking that they're just fighting for the same rights. Like, I didn't know it's about, like, influencing no, or trying it's to... influencing young children in the classroom uh, to believe that they can pick their gender. That is the new thing, that you can pick your gender. You cannot pick your gender, okay? You can get a bunch of cosmetic surgeries. You've always, you've always had that option, right? You mean, yeah. look at Hollywood. You can always get a bunch of cosmetic surgeries to look how you want to look, but you ultimately cannot change your gender. No matter how many surgeries you get to look like Candace Owens, you're, you're not going to be sitting across from me nine months pregnant. I, I, how do you how do you deal with when people have like I'm always confused when I go on somebody's Twitter and I see like five different pronouns or like you know that's a part of it that's the I'm agenda like, when did this trend start of putting <clears throat> your pronouns you know in, yeah. in, you know to be sensitive and make sure you call people by the right right pronouns if you have a penis you are a he okay if you have a vagina you are a she. That makes me controversial. Yeah, by the way, that is controversial. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that. I'm right. going to be honest I'm not a biologist. Now, all of a sudden, I don't know what, that, I don't know what they're talking about. But, 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 like, people like me, right, like, it's almost, like, that sounds, what you're saying just sounds pretty logical. It but is then, logical. 
But then for me, I now think I'm like, just maybe I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, maybe I only know what's going on with it's me. It's mental illness is what's going on, right? We are now having government-sanctioned mental illness, and they're trying to make people crazy. There is nobody dumber, just so you know, in case you, than, than children that are growing up. That's the whole point. That's why they need parents. They need adults to tell them right from wrong, right? Yeah. When I used to babysit to put myself through school, I had a little girl who believed she was a mermaid, right? So she would get in the bath and she would say to me, I don't want to get out, Candace. I'm a mermaid. And she would be dead serious, like trying to yeah, make this yeah. argument with me. Imagine a world in which I looked at that little girl, she's three years old, and I said, okay, you're a mermaid. You can pick your species. And that's what we have now, people that are picking their species. Did you know this? Go on TikTok, have some fun. People that identify as fish. There are people that identify as dogs. I mean, I think Rachel Dolezal deserves to be revisited because if people are are saying they can pick their gender, why can't she pick her race? Right? If we're no longer living in reality, then transracial, transspecies, transgendered all exists. Do do you think all trans, you know, gendered um, like issues no matter what the age is, some sort of men, mental illness. Like that's for what society, what we learned in school. Back when we used to have adults, you know, we learned in psychology class. If you look at the DMC, D, DSM five, gender dysphoria is known as a mental illness in the same oh. way that bipolarism is known as a mental illness, schizophrenia is known as a mental illness. We have tons of mental illnesses that, but we used to be able to call them mental illnesses and say, okay, we don't want these people to be harmed, but they need to be helped. Right now, you cannot say these people need to be helped. I interviewed a guy who went through the entire surgery, you know, got his penis removed, became a woman, lived like that for 20 years and woke up one day and said, my entire life is a lie and went back. He's like 80 years old now and he dedicates the rest of his life to waking up people to this lie. He said, do you understand how many of these people were molested when they were children, were raped when they were children? He was molested when he was a kid. He was five years old and his mother used to put him in a dress and his uncle used to, used to molest him while he was in the dress. Okay. This caused gender dysphoria for him growing up. And rather than addressing to see if there's anything that could make somebody want to change who they are, which by the way, if you watch TLC's My 500 Pound Life, half the time you figure out what happened to this person, they were molested, something happened to them, and they no longer wanted to be beautiful. So they started eating and making themselves, there was something underlying that made them want to be 500 pounds and never want to have a man look at them again. Okay, we used to be able to talk about these issues and say, how do we help this individual? Now, he says he walked into a thing and said, I don't, you know, I have feelings. Before they even asked him anything about his childhood, anything, they gave him pills. He now runs a charity called Sex Change Regret. And he told me that 80 to 90% of the people that come to him after getting the surgery and realizing this is a cosmetic procedure and I can never go back, um, were all molested. Now, I'm not saying every transgender person that you see has suffered through that, you know, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. Why do you want to wrench your entire identity? I think when I see people like um, Caitlyn Jenner, I'm, I'm usually saying, I think, I don't even know whether they call he or she, but I think Caitlyn probably had it all. You know, Olympic winner, great family, descent third, even though you could say whatever about the great family. But um, I, they were still unhappy. And yeah. that kind of led to, you know, I guess finding themselves. And and I think I, I watched an interview, full sent the interview with with. Am I saying him or her? Like I want to be really. Okay, I, okay. I watched the interview with Caitlyn, and what Caitlyn said was, I felt that I was a woman even when I won those those uh, Olympic medals. Right. And I was like, I don't know what that feeling's like. Right. So I don't know if, if I should be judging. So, so that's where I try to exit out of no, the conversation. No, but it's not judging. Because so- also anything. Anything someone like me says gets taken to be offensive, right? So even even that little part where I'm like, I don't know if I'm using the right. The, I, they and scare I don't, I don't like play me. the game. I, I'm happy to call 
you, Caitlin, because you can change your name. You literally can change your name, yeah. but you can't change your gender, right? I'm not going to start calling men women and women men because now you're asking me, you're saying, I have a mental illness and I need you to have a mental illness, you know, to pretend to have a mental illness, right? So if, if I suddenly say to you, like, you know, I'm a fish and you just start using my fish pronouns, it's it's crazy for me to start asking you to use my fish pronouns, right? I'm not going to play the crazy game with people. But I'm happy to call you Caitlin because you can change your name, right? Um, but, you know, I don't know anything about Caitlin's childhood. Do you know anything about Caitlin's childhood? No. Maybe Caitlin is a true case of gender dysphoria, which, by the way, it's a very small percentage of the population that's always been recognized that truly are born with gender dysphoria, right? And it's a, it's a very sad thing to go through. It's a painful thing to go through. Caitlin has suffered from depression since going through all these procedures. It's not all, now life is great because I got a pair of boobs. Like, it's, it's a lot to go through. You have to be on drugs for life, very serious drugs for life. Of course, it's going to affect your, your mental faculties and your mental capacity. Um, but again, we should be allowed to talk about this stuff. And a great example that I use in talking about the trans debate or the trans discussion is I wrote in my book extensively about from the time that I was 18 to 22, um, I had anorexia, right? It was a mechanism for me. It was a control mechanism for me because of stuff that I had suffered through through high school. And I can't imagine a world in which having anorexia or having gen, I mean, having body dysphoria, right? Being a tiny girl that was, you know, maybe 110 pounds, right? Would you ever say to me, oh, well, yeah, you are fat. No, because you know, that's not going to make an anorexic person better. You acknowledge yeah. that anorexia actually is in fact a mental illness. It's a mental illness. You have to get better and you're not going to treat it by saying, oh, well, every time we see an anorexic, we just pretend that they're fat. And actually what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to allow that 110 pound girl to get gastric bypass surgery so that she can't eat anymore. You would say that's absolutely insane. We're yeah. not going to, we have to tell her she's anorexic. The anorexic, that anorexia is in fact a mental illness and she has to get better, right? For some reason, people come in and they want to chop their dicks off and we can't say that, no, you should not do that, right? We need to figure out what's going on, right? Is, is there something underlying? What is, what caused the anorexia? Is, is, is gender related to sexuality in the sense of, um, what's your thoughts on people who would identify as, um, lesbians or gays like you know maybe uh, again this is just I'm asking also out of ignorance too well that's that's a sexual preference yeah. right that's not to me it's like if you don't you, believe that's a mental illness well right? it, some people would argue that you know uh, that people choose to be gay or lesbian because of things they went through so like, there's a lot of examples of lesbians who come out and have spoken about how they were molested when they were children like Ellen DeGeneres Melissa Etheridge but I I have said this for years I believe that the LGB community needs to stand up and say goodbye trans community, right? To allow them to tack this letter on when you're talking about putting children on drugs like Lupron, which they use to chemically castrate prisoners, okay? That is what they're putting children on because they woke up and said, mommy, I feel like a girl today. Do you know how much stupid stuff comes out of the mouths of children? You don't, you don't authenticate that stupidity, right? You say, oh, well, actually you're a boy, so go put your boy clothes on and come out the door. And, and suddenly we're trying to pretend that being trans is exactly like being a lesbian or being gay. What you do in the privacy you want, if that's your, that's your sexual thing, Okay, fine. You know, mind so your you, business. You're talking about transitioning people, to, or at least lying to them, creating a medical illusion that they can transition, getting a bunch of surgeries, and they're they're, they're mutilating their bodies. I've heard this conversation uh, or the debate happen, and I've watched it. Don't even. I really don't even know where I fall on this um, because I just can't understand, right? Because like I've never gone through this. I don't know what they're feeling, but um, they've turned gender now. It's like like it's a social construct. 
So this is why you could just kind just of the pick thing I've ever heard. whatever you want to be, yeah. right? And once I think once somebody allows it to, something to be a social construct, it means that hey, society could kind of shape and mold it into yeah. whatever it's it and was or it's going to be. Subjective. Yeah. There's no such thing as objective reality. There's no such thing as truth. And that's what I said. That lands you into a society. And this is the danger. This is what's coming down the pipeline. You're already seeing it. What's going to follow transgender is going to be pedophilia, right? Because if there's no such thing as reality, then you're not nine years old. I'm mm. not, I'm not 35, right? Like, what do you mean? You, you, age is what you make it. You transition your age. Yeah. Right? Do you understand how dangerous it is to start experimenting with ideas when you pretend that there's no such thing as objectivity, that there's no such thing as a man and a woman and a child and an adult? This is where they're trying to push society. You're starting to hear people What's start to argue that pedophilia is a sexual preference, right? That it's a sexual preference and that people should be able to decide. And that's what, that's what I see coming down the pipeline when you're trying to tell children that at four or five years old, they can decide that they want to castrate you know that they don't want to have a penis and they don't want to go through puberty and yeah. they don't want to be this person that's when you are giving children that permission it is going to be very quickly down down the pipeline and you're seeing it now you're, you might not be seeing the headlines i've been seeing them of professors and universities trying to make the argument that pedophilia is a sexual preference who's behind this so it's so like like who's behind this who get i know you said big pharma big before, pharma gets but, but, paid this is like wow could you imagine you establish these drugs and how much money you make off of every child you like i said from the time you start your puberty blockers from the time that you die you will be on medicine you will be getting cosmetic procedures big pharma gets so paid the government benefits because these people be, are, are basically rendered impotent in society right they're they're you cannot have a productive life how, the government always wants a system of slavery Always. This is what I speak out against with Black Lives Matter, right? This is what I speak out against against the welfare system. The government garners more power when the individual loses power, right? When okay. the individual needs Makes to sense. come to the government for a paycheck, when the individual needs to come to the government and say, well, we should be extending Medicaid to cover, which they're trying to do, transitioning parts and all of this stuff, because people don't have money for this. You know how much money it costs to go through a transition, right? You become a big pharma client for life, but you also become enslaved by government financial incentives for life because you have your hand out and you want more. The government always wants a population that is undereducated, which is happening right now. Everyone's an idiot. What do you think the CRT? <laughs> every, every, what do you think the CRT pushes? What, what, how stupid! When you send your child to school, that they have classes about gender and they have classes about race and race sensitivity. I don't want my kid to learn that. Teach him science and math, right? I don't do not. I do not need you p p polluting my child with social issues. That is not. They know it's not going to help them get to the next step. Who, they actually have a degree called gender studies right now. Do you understand oh, yeah, yeah. how ass backward and yeah. what are they going to do with their lives? You, let me tell you they something. They usually figure it out at graduation when, when the first like <laughs> bill comes. Yeah, They're worthless. like, oh my God, what am yeah. I, what am I going to do with my life? It turns out nobody in the world needs a goddamn gender studies major to do anything. Let me tell you something right now. When you're, and this is actually ironic because my assistant's AC just broke. You see how hot it is in Tennessee right now. Yeah, yeah. When your AC breaks, that kid who didn't go to college and didn't get a degree but knows how to fix the AC, he's getting paid, okay? The little gender studies major, nobody calls a gender studies major in an emergency. No one's like, oh, my God, the AC broke. Somebody get the gender studies major over. Like, this is the foolishness. The government is making you an idiot. And the problem with it is not only are they encouraging you to be an idiot, like, they're, you're also rack racking up a ton of bills to become an idiot. Yeah. And then you become what? Bitter. And angry because you, you're convinced you're arrogant. I went to college. I have a degree. I, I, I have a degree in gender. So I finished university. And this kid that I went to high school with is making more money than me. Yeah, because he wants to fix the AC and it's 103 degrees outside. They had another, your leaf. what's the name of that degree they used to have? It was like, it was like, like an African-American something. What's that called? 
They had that Rutgers. Kids you not. Afro some studies, I was like, yeah, like you. What are you going to do with that? We're going to do with that. Become a teacher to teach more people about yeah, it. Yeah, teach more. That is, that is, that is, what you're saying is exactly right. And this is why the university campus has become these totalitarian islands of leftist ideologies because the only thing they can do is go right back into the system and teach, right? Or nothing. Like, you just you just cannot earn money. And this is the problem when you start not teaching children about capitalism, not teaching children about entrepreneurship, how to start a business, and you start teaching them about foolish social positions that are not going to help them. Black Lives Matter has probably done more damage in terms of setting the black community back than any group that I have ever seen since I've been alive. And I'm being serious with that. Hey, I, I, was, I was at least, you know, um, I was skeptical, but definitely not vocally skeptical until I started seeing the mansions. And I had no idea, you know what I mean, these, the, these great campuses of, of collaboration were actually just million-dollar mansions that, that looked like you could throw a party at. I bought six mansions in the span of, two or three years. This is why I'm doing the documentary. You know, George Floyd, the greatest lie ever told. We've been on the ground filming um, for months. I did this while pregnant. I wanted, I, I needed black America to see it. I'm like, y'all spent about four wait, years wait, wait, calling wait. me a coon and uncle. Why is Tom, the title like that? A race trader because the George Floyd was the, the was the explosion of the money. It was okay. the explosion of the money. Right. But, but, but you do agree th- that he shouldn't have died though. Like, clearly. I don't, agree that any person should die yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like there's not and that's the other thing or at least that, the police handle that wrong i think i think you know people there, there are a lot see, of vultures that, yeah. that they'll they'll prey upon these moments and then they'll extrapolate whatever they want to want you to see and right. then they'll Listen, obviously run enough for you, the documentary comes out in a couple of weeks so i'm not going to spoil anything i went to george floyd's home i was in his house sitting down really? with his roommates yes i wanted to tell the full story. There was no angle here. I wanted to hear the full story. I wanted to know, and it's shocking. You're going to be shocked about what his roommates thought. You're going to be, you're going to be shocked about everything. My personal opinion on the George Floyd situation is that George Floyd had an overdose. He was having an active overdose. And of course, in a a scenario where a man is having an overdose, police officers could have done something different, but I don't think anything after looking through his medical report would have stopped him from dying. That's my personal opinion, mm. right? Um, so my personal opinion is that what Derek Chauvin was charged for is absolutely wrong, and that was literally yeah, a, the, the, a political the, the, he had murder. Like his foot on his neck or something like that. Yeah, that he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. That's another part of a lie, and we debunk all the lies. The angle from he the got front, charged, though, right? He who the, the police officer? The, yeah, the police he's officer. in prison. He's sitting in a cell. He's been sitting in a cell. And, so you and don't think that's the right decision? No. I think it was a political persecution because the Black Lives Matter was so vicious and people still do not know the truth about what happened that day. And that's why we did the documentary. We cover all aspects of what happened. We, like I said, went to George Floyd's house. We spoke to his friends. We spoke to his community members. There's no stone that we left unturned because black America needs to see it. Black America needs to see it to understand how the media can manipulate you, to understand why Malcolm X said that, you know, if, you, if you're watching the media too long, they will have you, you know, hating the people that you should be loving and loving the people that you should be hating. That is so real. The, the, the media will turn villains into heroes and heroes into villains. Yeah, I got to see the documentary because I'm... I, Your mind's going to be blown. I definitely think that p- the police officers, just the way how they restrained him, contributed to his death. And, 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 I, and I believe that part... I could not disagree part, with that more. So I believe that part. However, I think the other parts, which I think you, you've done a great job of bringing to light, like, you know, you saw the viral video on, like, the Shade Room and stuff where, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter, one of the co-founders, I guess, yeah. says you're harassing them. But you're really, you're exposing and you're following the yeah. money trail. I think that's all fair game. They have this nine-minute video. Most people haven't even seen the full video of the arrest. Have you seen the full video of the George Floyd arrest? 
I don't think so. I think that's I, the I, problem. I, you I, saw the nine minute video that made its way around the world, and then the hello the, the, the actual video. The um the, full the video. government blocked the full video from being seen. You don't even see what happens before he gets on the ground. Did you know that as as one fact that George Floyd asked to be put on the ground? Well, I never, I never wild, wild, right? Because this is how ignorant we are. They want us to be conditioned and ignorant, and they actually blocked the full footage from ever making it way, making its way around the world. And then it leaked out finally, and we had to cover it. I'm like, this is insane. Everybody has been existing under a lie. Again, George Floyd. It is, and like I said, I walked away from the documentary, and I felt heartache for both sides. What did you think going Heartache in? for both sides. I felt sad for the George Floyd story because it was a story that could have actually brought America together. Mm-hmm. And his, like his roommates, I will say, without revealing too much, I, I loved them. I walked out of that place, man. It was like, it reminded me of being at my, at my uncle's house. I wanted to like make a plate of food. And this is where he lived. I expected... Even I had fallen, you know, victim to the media narrative in a way because they had villainized me so much for talking about the George Floyd case with just the facts that when I walked in, we like pulled up to his house and like it was going to be beef. Dude, I did. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I definitely Aren't you thought, scared in those moments. Though? I was. You, I was. Were you, were you I, I wasn't at scared. That time? Yeah, I was pregnant the whole time we filmed. You got security, right? Yeah, we had security. Yeah, I mean, we had to have security because it's it's like you know it's an autonomous zone where he dies. It's like crazy. There's no police allowed. But you move um, around with security like just regularly because I, I feel like some people they they say they hate you. I, they 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 yeah, but I don't. It's not real hate. It's like like I said. It's like Sheena hate. Like they're gonna yeah, holler yeah. back. <laughs> like, well, actually, okay, okay. if we get our class together, you're actually gonna like yeah, me. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What I mean? Um, but you know, it's, it's, people are going to be stunned when they see a documentary. I walked into that house being terrified. I walked out being like, those were amazing people. And I want to, you know, have a relationship with them and help them in a larger capacity. And it changed my heart about the situation. And like I said, I, my heart goes out to both sides and it's, that's how, you know, you've done documentary, right? When you walk away from it and you're not like, I walked into it like you're either team George Floyd or you're team Derek Chauvin. And when you, I think when every person watched it, they're going to walk away and they're going to be like, wow, just wow. Do you think people have kind of awoken to at least not just unilateral trust of Black Lives Matter because of maybe some of the things you've, you've said or at least brought to light? For sure. You know, and that was one of the good things that you know, to see that people watching Patrice pretend that she was scared. I didn't even know she was in the house. We talking yeah. about? I just literally rang the doorbell. We wanted to visit all the properties that were listed, and you know that as purchased. You know, in the last however many years. It sound like I was kicking down the door. I ain't gonna lie. Eight months <laughs> pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, hello, that hi. You know, I, I was basically like back in middle school. What do you say when someone says holla back? Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Is there anyone available I can speak to? I mean, that's that's who I actually am. I I'm not. I would never be a person that would show up and be banging on somebody's door. I had no idea. Like I said, there was just one white security guard outside and he didn't say anything. Mm. He didn't say like, we like you to leave nothing. So he, we, as soon as we said, is there anyone available we can speak to about this property purchase? He is it listed as a public property since, since it's like an organization, right? It should be like, if it's like well, public so that property funds? actually wound up being, so there were a bunch of properties that we were visiting and I was actually confused when I walked up to it. I thought that was the one that she had spoken out against and said was the community house. We went to that one right after. Yeah. They're both just mansions in LA. Like you can't, you wouldn't be able to differentiate because there's, there's no community house. They're just mansions. Right. Oh. Um, so you went up to the property and the guy heard me ask the question. He went inside and got on the phone. So we were like, Oh, maybe he's calling someone down. Right. Yeah. Then he came back out and he didn't say anything. And I was like, sir, that's when you heard me say, like, if you want us to leave, we're not here to harass anybody. Like, we'll leave. We just want to know if there's anyone we could speak to. Yeah. And he didn't say anything. So we left. That was it. And then 10 minutes later, we're Did then going. To, we're, no, 
nothing. Then 10 minutes later, we're going down the hill, which is to the other property, which is the official Black Lives Matter property where she hired her mother and her brother to work. Come on now. Come on now. (laughs) And uh, no one answered that one. And by the time we were sitting in the car, she was on Instagram fake crying, pretending that she had survived some attack. And I was... I was are you freaking kidding me? I couldn't have been nicer. It's the first time I see like social media agree with it. Usually when when I, when I see and by the way, it's unfortunate I get so much stuff through the shade room, especially when I'm watching you. I've watched you and Cardi B go back and forth. Yeah, I like Cardi B. I like Cardi. I B. liked her in Love and Hip Hop a lot. Why do you guys go back and forth? And also, I don't even think you guys really go back and forth about actual, you know intellectual ideas is just kind of like she tries but she tries to play on the court of intellectuality and that drives me crazy right so let me tell you when cardi b caught my attention right Mm -hmm. i don't care cardi b you want to rap you want to do whatever you want to do whatever i liked her better in love and hip-hop when she had bad teeth personally (laughs) because she was fun she actually she just seemed she seemed happier in a weird way and you know sometimes more money more problems things get more serious i get it but you know she when she was selected by the biden administration to answer questions on behalf of the black community. And I knew what he was going to represent. So all of these taxes that- You think she was selected? Of course, they sat down and they think we're stupid, right? Do you think of all of the people that the Biden- I thought she started to speak and then and then people kept looking at her for no, answers to No, this is when things. he was running, okay? Oh, okay. Talking about when he was running, when oh. she had the super long nails and she interviewed him and during COVID. No one can get an interview oh, with Biden and they oh, picked so, oh, Cardi so, okay, B okay, to okay, interview okay. Biden. You remember right. that? You know? Okay, all right. Yeah, I think yeah, she was wearing yeah. like a green- you know? Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. okay, so think about that moment. Joe Biden will give interviews to no one. He's claiming COVID, blah, blah, blah. He's, he, he's not a single freaking rally. He's cars honking in front of him for a little bit. Suddenly, I feel, someone I feel on, a little senile, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. Someone on his team decides that Joe Biden should allow Cardi B to interview him. Now, what is the reason for that? This is how I think, right? Tapping the cult- culture? Yeah. Black people are stupid. We don't need to talk to them about any of these. Like, if, why didn't they pick me? Why didn't they, Forget it. Forget me. Black community maybe doesn't like me at that time. I'm talking about Black Lives Matter. You don't have Killer Mike. Why yeah. don't you pick a smarter representative from the black community than Cardi B? Okay. And she acted like Cardi B. Like there were some serious <laughs> questions that should have been asked in that moment. We knew, at least in the conservative side, right? She did. She was like uh, super long nails. You know, she didn't even talk to like English. Cardi. Fine. I like Cardi if she's on a podcast about hip hop. But when you're, when you are driving black Americans to vote for this candidate and now black Americans, what's up with these guys? prices wait, wait, what's hold up on, with these hold i can on. tell you what's up with them he it, was always going to do this if you understood who joe biden was and knew his record if you had had someone out there actually trying to tell you if this was coming around the corner they had you again going back to malcolm x quote believing that donald trump was your enemy you guys were all living better under donald trump you don't want to admit it because you're not allowed to say it on the you're not allowed to say it right you were all living better under trump you had jobs the gas prices were the lowest they've ever been you were living good but the media said hate him hate him hate i ain't gonna him. lie that's what my stocks to go back man that's why i got him getting he, crashed, here, he intentionally crashed the market. Here, we were telling you that this dude was a socialist. We were telling you that he was going to shrink the middle class. He was literally installed to shrink the middle class, right? He, he, all this uh, green energy, green energy, green energy. We're Some people would you, argue, though. He could, all he has to do right now is turn the pipelines on. We literally, America creates, we, we have our own gas here. He, all he has to do is turn pipelines on. Oh, well, green energy, we want you to uh, have electric cars. You, can you afford a 55,000 electric car? We, if you had an intelligent person that was interviewing him, okay, black America may have seen that coming around the corner. I saw it coming around the corner, but oh gosh, she was behind Trump. Okay, well then, you know what? I don't feel bad for you when you fill up your tank and it's $105. Wait, wait, wait. honest question. Do you really think that, so if some people I hear argue that, they would say, um, well, 
the economy was going to crash anyway. No. Or what, what, how can you just? It's, it's such foolishness. You just keep thinking every time. It's, it's, it's one of those things where they're like, "Hey, listen, it's, it, it's stupidity." It's happened while it was just Biden's amazing in office. when Trump was in office for all four years, and then right when Biden got in, instantly gas prices went up. And, yeah, and, and, and I love the this, lie of yeah. the Putin war. They were going up like crazy before uh, Ukraine and Russia were ever even fighting, and they think you're stupid, right? So the idea is Black America is stupid. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep toting out whoever we think is popular in Black America during election time. Never call them ever again, but expect Black Americans to vote that way. So in this election, like he, it was Cardi B. Before that, when Hillary was running, she totted out Jay-Z and Beyonce talking about why I don't like them, right? Because yeah, Hillary pulled Hillary, out the hot sauce out the purse. That was crazy. And, <laughs> and Charlemagne let it fly. He basically, what did he say? He was like, well, some people might say you're pander. I would have been like, why did you do that? Biden was wild too. He was like, if you're not, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. I'm like, damn. God damn. Charlemagne let that fly too. Hey, I mean, you, you've, you've touted the, I think you called it the, the Blexit, right? Like yeah. The, just black people at least, you know, just exiting, just unilaterally just voting for Democrats. I agree with that, too. You know, um, why do you think that it's just always, a, it feels like a snowball effect as soon as there's a, a major election coming up and just there's no voices that's really taking both sides and comparing to really make a legitimate choice. I'm not saying you got to go either way. It just always feels like, Hey, the the race is decided in the Democratic primaries. And once you get the guy, basically that's the guy. We don't care about what the other guy says. Because independent thinking is not popular in the black community. And people don't like to hear that, but it's the truth. You know, we're we're so wrapped up in culture and in what cultural icons think, you know, the, the idea. What kind of a community, you know, is calling Beyonce queen? Then when Beyonce queen says vote for Hillary, you do it, right? Because you actually think she's a queen. <laughs> this is why people need to go back to the Bible. And the Bible talks about the harms of idolatry. And this is why, right? Hollywood is evil. The concept of idolizing people. You can like their music, but stop idolizing it's them. Queen B. You know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to. Compartmentalize. You can say, I like Cardi B on Love and Hip Hop. I did. I liked her. She's very funny on Love and Hip Hop, actually. She was very funny on Love and Hip Hop, right? But I'm not listening to a word she says when she okurt and talks to freaking Biden. Like, but the black community can't do that. They just go, oh, well, what this is what this, we're though? all doing, I guess. And, and people go on the airwaves. They don't ask them difficult questions. And they, they just go, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to vote Democrat for no reason. And it's never worked for us, but we're just going to keep doing it anyways. Well, some might say, like, both things could be true, though, in the sense of, um, like, for example, like, they would say what you're saying is, is kind of doing the what they've done to LeBron, like shut up and dribble, right? Where, where, he should uh, shut up and dribble because he won't actually have an intellectual discussion. Like, mm. So when, when, I, when somebody says shut up and dribble to LeBron or shut up and rap to Cardi B, there is a way to say, okay, I'm not just this and I want to be authentic and have these discussions. If any of them are being authentic, they would be the killer mics. Killer Mike talks to people on both sides. He does. You can see that he is trying to actually present both sides of the argument. Where in Cardi B's entire repertoire has she presented any other thing but vote Democrat? That's, that makes her a billboard. That makes her an advertisement and a marketing Does campaign. Does she need to, though? Imagine if she's like, hey, listen, people like me who think like me, and if they're influenced by me, at least I'm in that position to but talk to But does she explain him. why she said vote for Democrat? No, because no. there's no reason to. There's not even one reason. Actually, a colleague of mine wrote a book called Reasons to Vote for Democrats. It's 100 empty pages because there's not one. There's not one reason. <laughs> okay? There literally isn't. If you're a black American and you're voting Democrat, you're out of control. You it means you know nothing about the way you're living, how you got to where you're living, what's going on outside. It's political ignorance for black Americans to vote for Democrats. It really I, is. I, I, it, might be, it might be a few things. It might be different. Give me one. I, like, I mean, Let's do like, it. it depends. I've always said, for me, voting is always going to come down to 
those major or it might be just one issue that you really care about. Give it to like, me. you know, the more and more I've gotten like, you know, some type of money, I care about taxes a lot more. You know what I mean? So I suddenly, care about the stock market. Right. Now before uh, if, if if we're doing an election where um, and say at that time I only care about um, social issues like what's going on in the black community in terms of like help me socially tell me one reason to vote for a Democrat because of social issues. Well, I mean it could be like some of these some of these issues where they're saying that um, where the police is just killing black people. It's not like, true. Well, again, if if you if you think that way, so right? what, so the reason that you just gave me is because you believe lies and you're emotional. And that's correct. These, those are two reasons that he can put in the book because you believe lies or you're emotional. Those are good reasons to vote for Democrats. There is not one valid reason. If you want to see yourself go from point A to point B or to rise in this society that any black American would vote for a Democrat, there just isn't. Well, when, Other tr- than when to Trump ran, fit in. when Trump ran, I know a lot of people didn't vote for him, even if they didn't know policies at all, because they would, they would say, well, Trump um, appears... Appears. appears or represents these magical or, words. or he's he's representing these bigoted people right, right. what are, what are we talking about this that's a these are all emotional illogical reasons to not vote for somebody that you are living well under right you kept saying trump was a dictator he was going to be a dictator look at what the freaking democrats have done since they've been in office right they've been, literally the biden administration well, so, is suing to remask your children they, you know what i mean it's like they don't want you to have any individual powers what did trump do when he was in office okay what policy did he implement i don't want to hear about your feelings well some people might say he was about, trying to repeal obamacare and some people yes, might that's a good that. thing. Obamacare is bad for the black community. Just because it's called Obamacare doesn't mean it's good. It is the worst health insurance ever, okay? It is trash health insurance, and it forces— Don't they save money, though? No. I know I don't save money because they need— No, I it's, pay it's, it's, I'm talking about this is, this is the concept of welfare being good. Welfare is never good, right? This is a big, great illusion in the black community. Since welfare was implemented, trillions of dollars have been spent in the black community, and the black community is poorer today, okay, than we were before it began, do you understand hmm. that? Welfare is, is not good for the black community. So when you see people going, oh, they're going to take my this, they're going to take my benefits. Yes, that's a good thing. Okay, because what it basically does, okay, is it says to black Americans, so let's say you're in a household and you, you accept welfare of some description. Let's say $200 a month you accept in welfare. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Awesome. You need $200 a month to feed your family. Then what the government says to you is that, okay, well, if you... Um, don't marry the father of your children. We'll double that. We'll give you $400. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the first thing. This is the number one thing that contributes to poverty is not being in a two-parent household. So when you look sure. at people that are explaining to you like the differences in the, a, a white person household and, uh, and a black person household, and they say to you, oh, the gap is like 40% in how much they earn, that actually, that gap virtually disappears when, the, when they're married, right? So if you look for a, at a, a married black household and a married white household, economically they're the same. This is the biggest contributor to poverty in the black community is that we have broken down families. Which That's is, one of the things I do like that you speak about. Like, it's, I, it's, and it's reinforced in the, in the music. It's reinforced everywhere, right? So just to explain, going back to the welfare point. So the government then says to you, okay, I'll give you $400 a month. Again, I'm making up numbers here. Um, but you can not make by yourself. So let's say, okay, I got $400 a month and I want to get this job and this job is going to pay me 30K, right? Government says, oh, no, 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 no. If you make 30K, we're going to take this $400 away from you for a month. Right. So you're literally incentivizing people to to try not to do better in their lives because they don't want to get rid of the free benefits that they're, that they're getting, whether it's food stamps, whether it's four hundred dollars a month, whatever it is, all these different welfare benefits, because they're afraid to do better. Right. Because the government penalizes you for getting off of welfare. Right. It has created a system of fatherless absence. It has created a system of welfare homes. And literally the proof is in the pudding. 
what black Americans were outpacing white Americans in terms of economic growth during the Jim Crow era in the 50s. Okay, think about that. When we had actual real segregation, black Americans were outpacing whites in terms of economic growth until Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was the most on record racist president that we've ever had, introduced all of these welfare acts. And he was on the record saying, I'll keep these N words voting Democrat for the next 200 years. And by golly, he's been right so far. That's the sad part is if you learn your actual history, you will learn that this was methodical as Machiavellian is exactly what the racist Democrats intended for black America to constantly have your hand out asking for more and believing that the other guy is the enemy. Can I play devil's advocate for a little bit? Because <clears throat> I know I get flagged for this, right? Um, so I was born in Jamaica and I came over here. Um, and and I'm, I've said this a few times and the black community hates it. Now we, there's like a popular guy who his name is Tariq Nasheed. He's now, he's kind of like almost created like different categories he's in the black community, idiot. which is, he's like foundational black Americans because it's one of those things where I, I remember saying, well, when I came over here, like we literally had nothing and I had to work to get everything I, I, I had. I'm like, a lot of people who were here before me had more advantages. And apparently they look at me and they're like, well, you don't know what slavery did. To me. And it's You're one right. of those things. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I got it. They like, hate uh, it. Why are African immigrants coming from way poorer countries more successful in America than black Americans are? You know, they usually try to tell me, go back. And I'm like, no, I'm not going back. Successful, <laughs> who are the most successful black people in America? Caribbean Americans, Nigerian Americans. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go look at their culture. Go into their households and see in Nigeria. What do, you, what do you think is the difference? Because, like, I've invited even Tariq Nasheed to have a conversation about it, not because I, I'm just saying, nah, fuck whatever you're, you're trying to say. I want to get to understand because he's like Caribbean uh, um, immigrants like myself. We've came and taken advantage of something they've, like, no, worked no. hard for. And how many excuses and, and, and can we come I feel up like, for? I feel, like, this, uh, like, ungrateful at that point. Like how many excuses can, you, can, can we continue to come up for and keep trying to blame slavery about? Like, none of us yeah, grew up as slaves, right? Slavery use, usually is, that's it's, what I was going to say about the welfare thing. You don't thing. understand what, no. So then you need, then you need to explain why black Americans were doing better during Jim Crow in the 1950s, economically outpacing whites, okay? Which d completely debunks his entire argument, Okay. And then things the got fact, right? worse. The fact, the fact. Things got worse following the, the 1964 proliferation of all of the welfare implementation. Welfare destroyed the black community. That is what happened, okay? That is literally what happened. They, the, the, literally better, better, better. After slavery, black Americans were getting married. They were on their own two feet because they weren't being given handouts, okay? Handouts are like when a... a, a, a person on the playground says come I have candy it's like you know yeah you, you have candy to your child in the playground but this person is a predator the government is a predator Ronald Reagan had you know a famous quote where he said you know when the government comes knocking you you, you should not answer the door and it's the truth when they say I'm here to help they're here to hurt. It's the government. They do not want to help you get better in society. They don't want you to be better than the government in society. And black Americans haven't gotten this yet. That's why I say we are so ignorant about our own history, because you would understand that the entire argument about black Americans uh, suffering still the ills of slavery gets completely debunked when you understand that that middle period, black Americans were doing better following slavery, and then things suddenly got dramatically worse. I'll, I'll still play devil's advocate, though, because I, I, I think this is a fruitful conversation. I think if not, if slavery then isn't the thing being used, they're going to say, well, what you're talking about, you, you're right in the sense of the lack of a family structure, but really the government did that systematically by they taking did. the man out of, but not by, not by welfare. 
through the prison industrial complex. Well, through through welfare, through welfare, right? So I believe that the the breakdown of the family, which it, the statistics show, started to happen. I wrote about this in my book. Um, start to show that right after they started incentivizing women, black women, not to marry the father of their children. This is this is when it all started, right? So you had broken homes. Um, now, in terms of what you're talking about, every other ill in black society is related to father absence. When you talk about the crime rate. Look at the people that are in that are in prison. You say, "Oh, it's a lot of black men." Okay, well, how many of them have uh, grew up with a father in the home? People that commit crimes. It's, I mean, the statistics are, are astounding. They, they, these people aren't coming from two parent households. They're coming from broken households, being raised by you know one mother, and they don't have a father in their lives. It is, it is a poison to the black community not to have strong men. And it is why another reason, going back to what I was talking about before, I speak out against transgender. I hate the fact that right now they are trying to make black men more effeminate. There is this push to make black men more effeminate. You think it's just it's just black men or just men It's all men, general? but we're talking about black people. Okay. But, so and you but think- because, because we are already suffering from this fatherless absence, this additional slight to try to make our men act like bitches for better or worse really bothers me I, I cannot stand it like I, I literally it angers me so much because I'm so educated about what they've already done and how successful that campaign to remove men from children black children's lives has been I mean you go into California and the majority of black boys can't pass a basic reading exam you go into any of the inner cities across five schools in Baltimore they couldn't find a single child that was proficient in reading and writing okay so what is he proficient in these kids turn to the streets you know, when you don't have a father in your home because you're still going to pursue that paternity somewhere else. You're still looking for dad. Kids have a natural craving to have a mom and a dad. So when you come from a broken home, they turn to the streets. Maybe they're turning to teachers, whatever it is that they're looking for that paternity. And it, they turn to culture. You know, suddenly they put on their headphones and this is where they're zoning out and they want to be a, a thug. They want to be on the streets like the absence of men and real manhood and people standing up for their children has been a cancer in the black community. And it's getting worse because there does seem to be this hyper focus on getting black men to get behind this LBGTQ agenda. I, I think also that that would add to um, destroying the family structure is that I think these days is just more encouraged. Like I think women act a different way these days. They do. It's it's not it's not conducive to relationships or marriage, mm -hmm. and I think the I think even culture just pushes just kind of be single and just everybody having hot girls. Some everybody's just doing whatever. It's, it's not about it's not about families. No, it's not. Definitely not. And this is what the result is: is that you get this, you get high crime rates, you get the baby mama drama, all this stuff, and then at the end of it, they tell you the same people that sold you all of this stuff, right? You want to talk about why you can't say certain things on the airwaves, why I can't sell and just always being cut off is because I'm, I'm selling people the cure. They're selling you the illness, right? You know, they're selling you more culture, less clothing, uh, multiple partners, like don't marry your baby mama, all this stuff. I'm sitting here talking about families being together, right? This is not hot for the government. This is not what they want on. They, they have, have managed to enslave black America right after they freed them. That's really what it was. Right after they freed them, they enslaved them again. So people that are talking about this are constantly called coons and uncles. Toms and race traders when actually we're the only ones that are fighting for our race to wake up and understand that we have been under a very real attack from the government for a long time and culture is working in lockstep with all of the government incentives right like why why on earth would Joe Biden want to speak to Cardi B it's a very simple question to ask yourself and that's no shot to Cardi B because if the if <laughs> you it, and Cardi got a squash no, have no, y'all sat down it's, together it's, it's no she'd probably like me probably get along I like her I think she's funny there's it really is not a she seems super upset at you sometimes and, she, I'm, and she, I'm wondering like I think she knows 
she knows deep down that it's it's clown world. It's clown world for Joe Biden's administration to reach out and ask you. They asked you to persuade the masses, right? Because they, they actually looked at you and they said, she's so stupid, right? Doesn't if we Trump slide, come to you, though? That we, like, if we slide in her inbox, Trump or, to, to or, talk or, to or who? Or whoever on the, on the Republican side, because they might look at it like, well, you're black, you're a woman, like you could appeal to certain type of demogra- demographics. I have never accepted a position on the Trump campaign. I have never been paid by the RNC. These are all the rumors that are out there about me. I've never been paid by the RNC, the Republican Party, in any capacity, and I've never, ever been paid by the Trump campaign or have accepted anything from the Trump campaign. I just say how I feel. You know, that's mm. it. And I've met Trump. Of course, I've met Trump. I met his entire family. Um, I have a great relationship with them. I, I think they're wonderful people. I really do. I think... Um, uh, you know, Eric Trump, they're incredibly loyal people. And I think that they try to do the best that they could with the black community, but it was difficult. And, you know, they have definitely come to me in privacy being like, what can we do to help when the help is being rejected? And I said, the truth is black America doesn't need to help itself. I don't believe that you guys need to be offering any handouts. Black America has to wake up. A wake up is not something that a government can give you. And that was my answer to them, you know? So there's always been these rumors that like yeah, Candace is enriching herself by yeah, accepting yeah. money from Republicans. Not a single dollar. Not even That's, from Fox News. Let me clear that up too. Because another one is she's getting paid by Fox News. Yeah. I have never accepted a single red cent from Fox News. Ever. I go on there. I'm invited. Really? And I, yeah. Not one cent. It's all. These are all just rumors. It's like they don't just. Get paid not one red cent my I mean, entire I, I career. I generally don't think you get paid. But, but you do fall under that category. And it happens to be because you're black. They're like. If she's saying what the masses aren't saying, she's being used as a puppet by the other side to dangle in front of black people to be like, well, here's one to black person that. How does that help them? Like, 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 you, you know, those two, there was like two like ladies who were like, they were for Trump. And people were like, oh, they're getting paid. Like, they got to be getting they paid. Will, they were officially on the Trump campaign. You're talking about Diamond and Silk. Okay, but okay, they yeah. started making their videos before they got invited to go on the Trump campaign. So this was actually okay. how they felt. They're from North Carolina. They're, you know, they're hilarious, actually. They're actually very funny. Their videos are funny. You go back and you watch it. And they got an offer to come up and be, I think, spokesperson for the Trump campaign, and they accepted it. Uh, you know, you, you could, accept something like that? Nothing. Never. Not and, once. And, and not only for Trump. I'm talking like anybody political. And, and it could go for any side. Like if it was in line with your interests and I don't think that's being By the a way, fraud. Yeah, I'm not. I, if like I, that's why I'm saying a like diamond and silk aren't frauds. They got an offer and they accepted it. Like that they actually believed it before they ever got that offer. So yeah. I think it's ridiculous to call them sellouts. So they had different opinion and it, it worked out for them in a you know and, and they decided to take on a larger capacity. For me, I've always tried to isolate myself away from politics intentionally because uh-huh. I don't want people to have the right to say that she's bought and paid for, right? Mm. But. I fully support Trump in my capacity. Like, you know, I have my own show, you know, that's completely has nothing to do with any campaign. You know, it's, it's, it's private. You have to be a member at the daily wire to watch my show. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I wanted for myself. I wanted to do what you're doing. I, I yeah. want to continue sharing my opinion and my thoughts to a larger audience. Um, but no, I've, the RNC has never paid me a single dollar. Fox News has never paid me a single dollar. Um, so it's just made up nonsense. Like she's a paid puppet. Who? Who's paying me? Do you think Trump runs again um, 2024 and do you think he wins? I feel feel like even, like, trust me, I'm one of those people that even if I was fucking with Trump, I would never say, like, I kind of feel a little bit better saying it now because things are shitty. You know what I mean? So I, I do think we're at a moment where people could actually, like, we're so frustrated with what's going on. Even if it goes against the, you know, the monolith we're down to say, hey, no, we're gonna. this didn't work for four years. We want to try this. What's up? Right. And that's what his pitch was when he ran in 2016. And that was what woke me up is that I wasn't feeling him at all when he was running. Yeah. And then he gave that speech um, in Dimondale, Michigan, where he said, 
um, he listed everything about black American statistics. Didn't he say like, what's the worst that could happen or some he shit said, like that? Black America, what do you have to lose? Just take a chance. And I yeah. thought that was the best pitch I'd heard in a very long time. He's like, everything sucks for you right now. You know, you're at the bottom of the education. You're at the bottom. This, you know, going through all of the true statistics about black America. Voting 60 years for Democrats has not surged black America. So what do you have to lose by just throwing something in a different bucket? And I mm. said, that's good. That's a good, good enough pitch for me. Um, and it turned out that things got great economically for black America yeah. under Trump. Things got great. But the media day in and day out put a concerted effort into making you believe that everything he said was racist and that he was inspiring white supremacy everywhere. And oh, the- oh, wait, 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 I'm going to cut you off. I, I thought about something that they would say about um, uh, what maybe Trump did that caused the situation now. Then I think, listen, I could be wrong. That's what I'm asking you. Uh, all them little stimulus checks that, that I think Trump wrote, like two of them, I don't know, like giving away to like black people or whatever, well, giving away to certain people, economic um, threshold, that that may have influenced like inflation now or some shit like that. No, so you know they're I mean? saying at the very end when COVID happened, when they all put pressure on him to do the lockdown for two weeks, which yeah. he did a two week lockdown and then released it immediately, that he then wrote the stimulus checks. Um, first and foremost, I am on record, go through my Twitter feed saying that I disagreed with it. I disagreed with it. Like, I understood that he was under pressure and they were saying that this was going to be a pandemic and people were going to die. Under no circumstances does the government ever have the right to tell you that you can't go to work, ever. I don't care who is the president. And I stood apart. They never, ever had me in the news for that when I have disagreed with Trump on certain things that he did. Mm. I tried not to be judgmental because... At that time, people were acting like it was going to be the next plague, but I am consistent on my ideas, and I don't ever believe that the government has a right to tell you you can't go to work. And so to make up for these two weeks, he did the stimulus checks. But then uh, the idea that they're pretending that that's the reason that we're in the, the, this depression that we're in today is absolutely insane. I mean, are, you're talking about two weeks of a government shutdown versus what they tried to do the entire first two years of the Biden administration. Mind you, they're right now at the border, and this is what I've been talking about America about forever. I keep saying they're going to just replace you, so your vote's not going to mean anything. Because like I don't even know. I have to look what we're done here because he's already gotten over, was it two, on pace for 2 million illegal immigrants over the border? Who? Biden. Wait, where do we get the numbers from if they're illegal? How do we know it's 2 million? Because they're coming in over the border and they're and they're they're getting free little handouts. Do you guys know what's going on at the border? We're literally having a border crisis right now. <laughs> You're getting little packets. People are flying in from Haiti to come over our border. I mean, it's like insane how many illegal immigrants don't they get sent the back? If they get caught no, by ICE? No, no, absolutely not. Biden had a policy that they, he under Trump they did. You know, they sent him back and Biden removed it. Why? I've been telling you guys for years that the Democrats are trying to replace Black America with Hispanic Americans from over the border, and they're going to do the exact same setup because too many Black Americans are waking up. They're actually on. They keep losing percentages of Black vote every year, so they're going down. Hillary got eighty nine percent. Joe Biden got less than that. It's problematic. They can't dip below 85%, right? So they're just importing a new class of people that they think are stupid and that they're going to offer handouts to, and that is the Hispanic American class. That's the reason why George Soros' investment fund just invested $60 million in Hispanic radio because they're bringing them over and they're going to give them Democrat ideas. So the black American vote is not going to matter for much longer, and it's going to to mean nothing, right? Um, And that's why I felt this urgency when I was speaking out to explain to black America once I got into these numbers, this is real life. This is real life. Like, so, you know... It's it's what I always hope to accomplish is I don't need to be liked. I don't need to be your friend. You don't have to like Candace Owens. I think that's one of the things that is the problem is that people have this craving to be liked on social media. Um, and that comes from ent- emptiness inside. Yeah. But I really do hope that people 
understand that we have a very short window of opportunity to wake up as black Americans in this country, right? You have, it's just the truth. And I will never forget what um, another black American conservative who I'm not going to name said to me when I first got into this. He said, you know, eventually you're going to get to the point where you just give up on black Americans. He said, he, he, he said this sadly, like, you know, he said, Damn. you're going to fight. You're going to fight and you're going to see that they're just not receptive. And the best that you can do is to continue to live, you know, your life the right way and to lead by example. And just to accept that this is this is they have allowed themselves to become the permanent underclass under Democrats and they can't see it. Um, And I and I was hurt by it in a way, you know, because it makes me sad. It makes me sad that black Americans are just we're so talented. Right. Like we're so funny. The music that we make, like when it's not debauchery, which is turning into, um, it's so thoughtful. Like we're so talented as athletes. Like there's just so much here that we really could just do so much greatness in this country. And yet we cannot see through the political mirage. And that is why we have developed this permanent underclass in our culture. Mm. It breaks my heart. You speak out against feminism a lot. And actually it's kind of interesting. I hate that, feminism. Yeah, well, it would benefit you, we would think, right? Like- <laughs> Gosh, guys, feminism. Listen, feminism turned into like more, you know, obviously in in what it's supposed to mean. It's supposed to mean equality. Then it turned into fuck these dudes. Okay, like fuck men. They just hate men. Which, which again, I think you. If I speak out on that, it's misogynistic. So I just got to stay away from that. Um, You speaking out on, I'm wondering what the benefit or why. Because feminism has basically been the the handmaid for all of the ills that we see in society today. You know, it's the feminists that have been telling women don't marry and you can do it all by yourself. You can be bad all by yourself, you know. It's the feminists that have been encouraging women to abort children in their womb, which, by the way, the black American population would be double today. It's literally, if you want to talk about a genocide, it would be double today if it, wa- if it weren't for the fact that um, so many black Americans, the, the most unsafe place for a black American youth is not on the streets, it's in their mother's womb. It's over 18 million babies mm. aborted since um, Planned Parenthood was established. Planned Parenthood, again, going back to black Americans not knowing their own history, was established by an avowed racist. Margaret Sanger was a eugenicist. She believed that the best way to ensure that the white population... I heard Kanye say that. Say that. It's true. He was crying when he was saying that. It's so true. I don't know you know, read about true. Margaret Sanger. Go read her books, her quotes. She um, wanted to preserve the Nordic white race, and she believed that there were undesirables, as she put it in society, that should not be allowed to procreate, among them black Americans, and she established Planned Parenthood. But, but it's still a choice, though, so, so like... Well, they've convinced you. It's, you've convinced you it's a choice, but they put the Planned Parenthood clinics in the black and Latino communities, and then they rinse the Department of Education, which they control with all of these narratives that if you have a child, you know, your whole life's going to be ruined and the right thing to do is to abort it, right? So you, you think it's your choice, but your hand is being There is some the correlation, way. though, because I, I understand it, it could be wrong, but I, I think it is right, uh, where they said that the higher earners in America have the least amount of kids per household. So, so that, that might, there might be, a, while it's just a correlation, there might be some type of correlation to just not having a bunch of kids that might put you in your situation where you're probably going to have no, to... you're describing the welfare industry, right? More, every child you have is more money. So it tends to be that poorer people have more children because they literally get more money. It, you, the poorer people will foster children because they get more money if they foster children. Mm. That's the welfare. That's the welfare system that creates that. Mm. So, so like, even, so... 
I'm just wondering why you speak out against it though, because like I I, I think it's kind of like no harm, no foul. Like I, I don't think it it affects you personally. Well, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't affect me personally. It affects the 18 million people that didn't have a chance to live personally. You know, what about <laughs> and that's other- just in the black community. But you know, so it's it's to me. And when you learn about abortion, and this is what women don't learn in school, because I believe that if they taught you what they do to those children. And the fact that Democrats are fighting to be able to do this up to nine months in the womb, you know, they take these these babies out, they poison them, they rip them limb for limb. You know, it, it's it's unbelievably barbaric. It's stuff that, that we have an abortion system that mirrors North Korea. It's like no other place in the world. So, right? so do, do, you it's, don't believe it's like child sacrifice. What about if it was like the pill, which which seems less invasive? Well, that's contraceptive. You're talking about just like taking the birth no, control pill. No, the abortion pill. No, I, it's just you're, you're poisoning a little. Like it's especially, and, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. I'm nine months pregnant, so it's crazy to me. Like this whole time that we've been doing this podcast, my daughter is kicking in the womb, right? She's, mm. This is a person, right? Yeah. And so it, it does something to me to hear you say, like, well, what if you just took the pill? It's less invasive. You're talking about me poisoning a, a girl that's sitting in my stomach fighting for her life, right? Like she's just living, she's living in my stomach right now. I have to birth her, but she's, she's alive. I mean, I already know her personality. Like I knew my son's personality when he was in the womb. Like my son is exactly as I said to my husband. I was like, this kid, man, every single appointment from the time we, 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 we would um, go, he was like, on the money, like cameras were on him. He's just got so much confidence. She's much more shy. Whenever I go for an appointment and do a scan, like she always hides from the cameras. She kicks less. She's just not, you know, into like the theater. I knew my son's personality while he was in my stomach. And it's exactly who he is today. I know her personality and she's in my stomach. Well, some might say, and I guess like I, that's a big part of the debate. When would you consider like a fetus, like a human being? It's not being a fetus, is- it's a human. You want to know how you know it's a human and it's alive is because you have to kill it in order for it to stop being alive right and some people it, have, would say like oh up until a couple of months it's just like a couple cells that was all, or whatever and, and that was a lie and I realized that lie when I went in for my 11 week appointment and I saw my son with his arms and his legs dancing because that's technology now they can just zoom in and magnify it like it, these are the lies that we've been told by the Department of Education and I'm happy we're having this discussion because it, I can't explain to you what it does to me to hear this debate raging, the Roe v. Wade debate raging. I think it should be left up to women no, solely. But here's the thing, but, it never uh, is. And the idea that women are choosing to have abortions. Like, I grew up with the girls. I used to be pro-choice because I went to the Department of Education. I went through the public school system. And I know I didn't learn about the process of what they do to those babies. If I had known that, I would have been staunchly against it, right? But the girls that I knew that got abortions were getting it because they had pressure from boyfriends, okay? They were getting it because they had pressure from their parents. The first time I was introduced to an abortion, it was in my own family, like a a family relative that had gotten pregnant at 16. And everyone, all of the adults came in and spoke to her and told her to get an abortion. And she kept saying, I want to keep my kid. I want to keep my kid. And I told her, no, they made her get an abortion, okay? Like the idea that it's a woman's choice when in reality it is pressure coming in from society, boyfriends and all of this stuff to get an abortion or else your whole life is going to be over is a, simply a fake narrative, right? It's a fake narrative. And if you want to, if we had a real discussion about what abortion is, if we went into the education system and in health class, women were learning about one, the option of adoption. I know so many people that have adopted kids that are looking to adopt kids and they're looking to establish that, but they, the government makes it so difficult to be able to adopt a child and if we learned about that in school, if we learned about the process of abortion, if we learned about how it harms women after they get abortions, how they suffer mentally from having had an abortion, you know, from this shame, women that have written to me and said, thank you for at least presenting that side. They never heard this side, right? Like, then I would say, at least we're having a more honest discussion. But the discussion isn't honest right now. 
the idea that it's not a baby. What are you talking about? This, this is, she's been kicking in here since I was 19 weeks pregnant. I can feel her. It's, it's so bizarre to me. It's like, it's, uh, she's not in my hands. She's in my stomach, but she, I'm feeling her. This is a life, you know? And women hurt when we tell these lies. It's women that go through with these procedures. It's women that get, can have all the effects that can happen afterwards. You know, some people, when it goes wrong, can never carry or bear a child ever again. It's women that suffer from society agreeing on a lie and not presenting them with the truth. These women are not going in with fully informed consent when they have abortions. What about women? Um, I don't know if you're just all across uh, against it. So, so what about, and these are popular cases, right, where the, the child might, um, having a child might affect the health of the mom or hundred percent. That's different, totally different scenario. Right. So, and this is what people love to do is argue in extremes when they realize that, Oh, actually I have a totally immoral position because I want 18 million people killed really just for my convenience. Right. I just don't want to be a mom right now or that my boyfriend's pressuring me, whatever. But these extreme scenarios that people create, like what if you're hopping on one foot in the desert and like, you know, I get it. We can always create a very extreme scenario. Of course, if you are talking about, you know, the mother's health or the child's health, there are all different types of scenarios you can make up and those should be looked at differently. But the truth is, is that we need to actually start having a discussion about what an abortion is. Let's, let's start with just the truth, right? Let the truth, because I swear to you, if women knew the truth about the abortion industry, if women knew the truth about what happens to those children that are in their wombs, and if women knew the truth about the after effects of what happens when they get an abortion, you would decrease the abortion rate by 90% and you would never even have to vote. Mm. That's how I feel. And especially because black Americans are targeted, the history of it, if, if black Americans knew the, the truth about Margaret Sanger and what she wanted for us, this woman spoke in front of the Ku Klux Klan. You guys have canceled everything else. Every other statue had to come down. But Planned Parenthood clicks get to stand? Wow. <laughs> everything had to go during the BLM riots but Planned Parenthood clinics were still there and the fact that they created exceptions during COVID lockdowns for Planned Parenthood, they wanted exceptions for the abortion clinics, right? This was, this was not a choice. This was something that they then convinced you was a choice. This was a way to decrease the black population and it's been successful. The black population today is stagnated. We're not growing. We're, we're completely stagnated and it's because we're having so many abortions. What do you think about the more than after pill? Do you consider that con contraceptive or? No, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about the morning after pill. And I try to be very careful about not speaking out against things that I don't know enough about. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can't become pregnant the day after. So, I mean, I know that it takes okay. nine days to actually for them to travel and come together. So I would quickly say that I think I think I'm OK with that. But I also don't want to speak about something that I'm not educated about. Mm. Um, how did you get a relationship with Kanye? Twitter. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, he tweeted, I love the way Candace Owens thinks. The backstory of that is he was actually watching some YouTube videos of me just like this, you know, just having conversations about Kanye, different topics. Kanye's an independent thinker. Like, that's, like that's most I, people wouldn't say that. I, like, even if they I do, like, I, listen, I, I co-sign, like, I agree with a lot of what you said, but I'm like, you know what? It's more, rather than just saying it, and then now people are going to just throw every one of her opinions on me, like, yo, you're just, just like her. You're just the coon. Yeah. Like, you know what? Let me just sit down with her and, you know, um, we'll probably agree on a bunch of stuff. But we probably we might disagree, too. and yeah. that's cool. That's totally cool. But uh, Kanye, I absolutely have loved Kanye West. He's another person I listen to. Um, and what's so wild about it is like the story of how it happened. It makes you just really believe in the universe and the energy that you put out. Because when I decided to go into politics, like I knew what I was going to be up against because of my perspectives, and I was literally every day running four miles, and I kept listening to Kanye's. Um, what's the name of the song? Right after the whole debacle happened with him and Taylor Swift, he's, he's talking about um, Saturday Night Live, 
Oh, it's one. It's got to be on the, the, um, the life of, the of Pablo. Um, no, 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 no. It's before that. Um, right after that. I'm living in the twenty fourth, the twenty first century. Oh, power, power. Oh yeah, yeah okay, okay, power. Oh okay. yeah, power song. Oh, I was listening to this oh, song snap. every single day. Literally, it was the only song I listened to. Well, I was when I jumped into politics. It was the only yeah. song I listened to. That song. If you really want to get on your f the world, don't care what you think, you listen to Power. That really, it, I swear to God, it gave me powers, it gave me superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then suddenly, I started making this person that I was traveling with start listening to Kanye's music, like all of his music, because he didn't know anything about Kanye, Charlie Kirk, um, and. One day I get a, a text message and they're like, Kanye just tweeted you. And I was like, I thought somebody was joking because like they know they knew how much yeah, I loved yeah. Kanye's music and how much the song Power influenced me to jump into politics. Because he's like, it's going to be a beautiful death. You know, he's like, yeah. the imagery, by the way, of that is supposed to be 300. Um, and then he tweeted me. Just like, I was like, that it was. Were you scared crazy. that maybe he was just like, yo, and fuck her too. Like, you know, you never. No, they you sent never, me the tweet. Oh, they sent you the tweet. Okay. And I thought it was like, I thought they were trying to be funny. Like they doctored a tweet or like some like April tweet? Fool's. It was just, I love the way Candace Owens thinks. Uh, yeah. And I thought they were just trying to be funny. So how did you like, you connected with them? First after? I cried. Really? Yeah. I swear to God. It's so weird. I just cried. It was weird. No way. Yeah. Why? Because it was just, it was like a, it, it, to me, it felt like a signal from the universe that I was doing the right thing or like that I was on the right path in a weird way. And I was just like, I was so overwhelmed with emotion that I just cried for, I needed like 15 minutes to just cry. I was like, I just need to cry this out first. And then I reached, I retweeted him and I was like, I would love to meet you. And then we met up in LA. Do you, do you have those down days where like everyone's just, I, I know you don't do like, you don't even, you're not on social media like all the time, are you? No. But like, do you have those down days where you're like, man, just like how the other person who you said was a conservative black was like, you're going to give up at one point where you're like, man, fuck this. Like, I, what am I doing? The stuff that bothers me, like the only time I get so frustrated is when literally black publications will just publish a lie, like something I never said. Like the one that drives me the craziest, people actually think I said racism doesn't exist. You know what doesn't exist? I've seen that. Do you know what doesn't exist? Any video or footage of me ever saying that, it was made up by The Root. The Root literally made it up. So what they did, and because, and maybe this is like people not being able to like read in like accurately, they put in the headline, Candace says, I've never been a slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In quotation marks, which I did say in the speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I've never been a slave. That's an excerpt of what I said in the speech. And then they followed it by, so racism doesn't exist. So people took it to mean that I said this entire quote of, I've never been a slave, so racism doesn't exist. How stupid does that even sound? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life, right? And black America to this day, no, because they didn't technically lie because they put the quotation marks around what I said. Did they retract it or at least? Nothing, nothing. They don't have to. Because first off, I'm a public figure, so the standard is higher for any type of like defamation, it's higher. It's a straight up lie. I've never said it. And that speech was so, it's what they do. The speech, go back and watch it. It was the CPAC speech that I gave in um, 2019. I stand by every word that I said. I spoke about slavery extensively. I never even used the word racism doesn't exist. I never even, I don't think I used the word racism in that speech at all. And they just, and black America ate that up. It was just a headline, you know, that they made up, the root made up. That stuff really frustrates and angers me, you know, because that lie, and then everyone just keeps saying, she said racism doesn't exist. I'm like, I've never said that. In fact, I've said the exact opposite. I have said racism is always going to exist because human beings are flawed. There's always going to be black people that hate white people, white people that hate black people, Chinese people that hate Japanese people, Brazilians that hate Mexicans. This is just, this is humanity, right? The question is whether or not racism is stopping you from getting from point A to point Z, right? And the answer is no, I don't believe that it is. 
I don't believe, I believe, I believe policies and lies and miseducation is what's preventing people from getting ahead in their life. And that's what I'm trying to reverse. Do you feel like any, any of like, you know, some of the backlash and I, I would say sometimes, cause I know I'm someone on Twitter. I stopped reading Twitter. It's so, it's so toxic. It's so toxic. Because if, if you allow it to affect your mood, you'll realize you'll go through these mood swings where it almost becomes literally a drug where if it could, it could give you extreme highs, but it could be very depressing at times. Yeah. Have you ever kind of like almost like just kind of felt like, super down over like yeah. some of the stuff that you're getting back from people or you know somebody took you out of context and now everyone's giving you a bunch of hate like you know you know how I've talked that annoys that me but that I stopped reading head I, I I stopped like I used to back then like in whatever that was 2018 I think it was 2018 CPAC or 2019 I used to have myself on Google alerts in 2018 I took that off I don't oh, read yeah, any so headlines I don't read like the comments unless I want to read the comments like so I did read the comments on the shade room when they posted the Patrice yeah, yeah. thing um because black, black people are hilarious, by the way. The stuff that they say is like they're just funny. Well, well that time they're rocking with you. But <laughs> but even when they rock with me, they're still rude, and that's why yeah, I find yeah, it be funny. They'll be like, you know what? Like I'm gonna listen yo, to she her. Shit like yo yo. Yeah, she, yeah, she, exactly, exactly. I'm gonna she listen to her shit, this but, one but, time but because she her, because she edge her edges are cleaned up, so she might have something to say. That's hilarious. Like I laugh so hard because I can take a joke. I so think you that's got funny. A sense of humor then. Yes. Are you kidding me? My cousins. I have like a big family. Like this is how we treat each other. Like you know what I mean? Like they will tag me and say stuff. Like you know what I mean? Like my whole life has been my cousin making fun of me. My whole life, like my cousin will be like, like you know, she always she's like, can't she look like an almond or like you look like Princess Bala from Ants? And I'll be like, I see it, I really do see it. You really? Know? Yeah, I look like Princess Bala from uh, yeah, Ants. I, I never knew you had a well, well. You can't come from a black family and not have a sense of humor. Well, I, I think it's you know, for example, we'd we'd imagine like, oh, Cardi B got a sense of humor, but we when we see you talk about a lot of serious shit, we're like, yo, she's just kind of just straight edge, straight to the point. No. Like if you say something that you know might not be, and also I think people are a little scared of like uh, you're. Just how intellectual you are, like yeah, they've allowed like, oh, that super narrative smart. to be created about me, and they always have to put me on the defense when I'm when I walk into the room because they are just like, oh, she's the enemy. But no, I'm a total clown, <laughs> an absolute clown. What do you think about AOC? I think that she was authentic when she first appeared on the scene, like authentically stupid, like authentically believed that everything could be free, like an authentic socialist. Like, why can't things be free? <laughs> we just have to tax more rich people. And like, you can tax ourselves into prosperity. You know, these are very dreamy, lovely ideas that are completely impractical and it's just not real, especially like rich people aren't getting taxed enough. You're talking about the upper 1% pays for 90% of all the taxes. Like, you know, this is just, these are just lies that just people keep saying. Um, but now she's something else. She has accepted money. So happens people go to dc she toes the line she knows what she has to say and what she can't say um and she's a corrupt politician you know at the end of the day she knows that really? her I, she knows that I her policies like are hurting her. black america right if she was authentic then right now she would say joe joe biden is effing up right i don't care where you stand if you cannot authentically say that that this is the worst economy we've been yeah, in, you got to play the game of politics but like, that's the problem so she's a liar Right. So now you're corrupted. It's not playing the game. She got on and she said on CNN, because I had to respond to it, um, I think on Tucker the other night. And she said that, you know, I think Joe Biden is doing a really good job. Now you're okay, an no, actress. That's fine. I, yeah. Imagine she just now didn't you're speak an actress. out. Like, for example, no. like, look, look at Pence. And I think Pence kind of I think Pence don't fuck with Trump at all. Like, I think he just kind of stays out of the way, though, because he, he has to play the game of being in that Republican system. Though. No, that's just how Pence is. He's very like he's ex ex like. 
a deeply faithful Christian man and he does not believe in having issues with people like he's he is a, a very good person but, but I don't I don't think he'll lie like one he thing's would never a lie. lie like yeah. she like, lied like she 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 has actively lied she's lying to people. Maybe she, maybe she, she sold it, you the poison pill right of poverty and now she's telling you that the poverty pill tastes good that, that's like that's evil that's evil right like you 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 just you know that people are suffering you you told them you're black you're hispanic follow me you follow me off the cliff they all went off the cliff they're sitting there drowning and they're like oh my god please save me and you're like you're not drowning it's great everything's great we're just having a swim party that like that's what aoc is doing right now it's like but you don't think she generally it. believes it no not anymore you can see it in her face you can see hmm. it in her face how she answers the questions you can always read someone's mannerisms to tell just just you know you can just feel it. you're like the energy of that right there is just like I'm accepting dollars, mm. you know. Um, uh, I I think Joe Biden's doing an incredible <laughs> job. Um, you know, I think he's done very well. And then they, you know, it's, just, it's fake. Yeah, what she, do you mean? Nobody she might can be say just that. playing the game, trying to get to wherever she is. You know, what, what's going to help? Just say he's not doing a good job. I would never, ever, ever do that. Uh, you know, I consider myself a conservative, not a Republican, right? I would never pretend that a Republican was doing a good... A conservative is an ideology. It's a perspective. A Republican is a party, right? Okay, okay. When you begin towing party lines, it means no matter what the people say, because they're a Republican, I'm going to back this up. I don't do that because mm. it's authentic. There are some sloppy Republicans that do really stupid things, and I want to be able to call them out, and I have on my platforms. I don't support this person. I don't support that person. When Trump did the thing of the two-week shutdown, I was against it. I said this is not appropriate. I'm not, I don't need to do this for anybody. That's, that's the beauty of not being a politician. Right? What do you think about Kamala Harris? She's an absolute idiot. <laughs> why? Because, I don't know why. You got to talk to her parents about that. But I, she has shocked me with how stupid she is. She's so impotent. Like, she's done absolutely. She was praised by the black community. Like, we got a strong black woman in there that's very intelligent. The only thing I'll say, I, I felt like she definitely did disappear, though. Like, you know, like, she just, it, it's kind of like she's. Sworn in as Indian American, then all of a sudden wants to run for president, run for vice president, and now she's black. Like, I can't stand that stuff. It's just so fake. She's fake. Wait, she was sworn in as what? Indian American. Go look back at the congressional footage of when Kamala Harris is sworn in and she has her family there wearing the saris and somebody something about like, you know, the first uh, or not the first Indian American. It was all about, you know, her being an Indian American. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like she switched up when it was time to run because it's like now being black is like the better thing to be. And so suddenly we don't hear anything about her being Indian. <laughs> now it's all about black American, black American, black American. Um, before it was Asian American, you know, when she was. Why do you think she's so quiet though? Like, it, it, well, it, it, or or maybe like that's just a position that it's kind of like you're not supposed to do shit. Because I ain't gonna lie, when when Biden was the vice president for for Obama, I always looked at him like I pray to God he doesn't become president. Well, they don't you know like each mean? other. They're they don't like each other. That's the first thing. Um, Is that true? Yeah, it's one hundred percent true. I mean, like, could that be possible? I've been leaking out. Yeah. Of course it can be possible. You could not like your vice president? Yeah. She, fired she felt person. like, you can't fire that. <laughs> she, she felt like all of the border stuff was being stuck on her because he made her the borders are and they don't get along behind closed doors. They don't get along. And I think that she thought she was going to be treated like Obama and she's not because they don't give her a mic anymore because they realize that she's actually a lot dumber than people thought. I heard her in an interview. And with she's, Char- just, she's, not, she's just unlikable, by the way. Yeah, I heard her in an interview with Charlamagne and, and, and like she kind of felt upset. What what came across was that she wanted to demand respect that she felt she wasn't getting. Yeah, and and, and that was interesting. And respect is earned. Mm. Um, are you getting? So you're not getting the vaccines? No, none. It's zero. the first time I flew without having a mask on. Is that nice? Is yeah, that nice? It was. Well, guess what? The Biden administration is fighting to remask you on planes. So because why power? <laughs> um, you know, this is one of the few things that matter. This is 
this is a hundred percent gonna get this episode slapped with the the, the Joe Rogan COVID sticker. Uh, yeah. But um, the Rogan COVID sticker, <laughs> so true. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yo, by the way, you know how it works now. Like, so I submit the the podcast to Spotify, and and then we publish it, right? Um, they just automatically have a transcript. They have like some bot that just says every knows every word you and say. They find the word vaccine. Say COVID vaccine mm-hmm. sticker mm-hmm. slap. Yeah, hundred percent. So wait, I was gonna get it. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't get it. I, like Everybody in my family got it. I was going to get it really for my mom. My mom got it. And, you know, obviously she's watching the news every night. And she's like, you know, I would feel a little bit better if, if you got it. Because, you know, we we're still trying to have family events. And I kind of felt shitty. I'm like, imagine something happens to my mom. And I kind of delayed it, delayed it. And then, poof, shit's kind of went away. Like, I don't, I don't know anybody still getting the vaccine. You know what I mean? political. This went away. Yeah, because the government want. I mean, it's, it was the greatest money laundering operation ever, right? They were going to pay for the free vaccine. No, not free vaccine. That's your tax dollars, okay? That were going to, that were slotted. They purchased these emergency vaccines that were life-saving from Pfizer and from Moderna. And this is how money gets laundered, you know? Well, why didn't you get it? Because some, so this, it didn't some would work. argue this, right? Some would argue this. Well, um, and this is a very popular argument saying that you probably take a lot of things or a lot of pills or a lot of medication in your life today, and especially you're pregnant, um, that you might not know everything about. Why do you hold this particular oh, medication mm-hmm. or vaccine? First off, my child vaccinated. is not vaccinated at all. So the, I got injured by vaccines when I was 20 years old, the Gardasil vaccine, which messed a lot of women up. And when I hit the floor and passed out and had a mini seizure in the room, with my doctor, that was my wake up. I said, what the heck did I even get? Why did I get this shot? Look into the statistics about, I think it was cervical cancer scare. They were saying just women could get it. Now they're saying men should get the Gardasil vaccine. And I stumbled upon the fact that Big Pharma is a, they're drug dealers. They're drug dealers. They make money. Trillions of dollars, a trillion dollar industry, right? And they completely lie to people and create new fears about ways that you're going to die, right? So I don't mess with vaccines at pretty, all. I'm going to be honest. It seemed pretty real at first. Right. At first I, it I, seemed. Go check me. Didn't buy it for one second. And yo, there ends. was a college that I lived at that time. I, I lived right across the street from a college and there was lines like felt like around several yeah. blocks of cars just lined up. And I was just like, am I messing up here? No, nope, and not I'm, me. The only thing, I would, if I wasn't scared of needles, I would have probably got it. But I now I will never was, get a I vaccine ever again in my life. None of them. Zero percent. So I'm, I'm consistent on that. Once you get injured by a vaccine, go speak to any parent whose child's been injured or, or it's, if it's happened to you and let them try to gaslight you and not tell you that, that, that this isn't poison. And then you start researching and you realize it's the same game since polio. The media puts out these scary stories and tells everybody they're all going to die. Everybody gets in line and gets the shot and money is given. The government, oh, we're going to have to give tr- trillions of your tax dollars. I'm you know, making up a number here, but billions of tax dollars to fight COVID. And then the farmer execs get richer, nine new bills. Billionaires so are you don't richer. believe in any vaccines? I don't believe in any vaccines. I do not get any vaccines. I am anti, anti-vax, if you want to call me that. I don't care. Um, I had like a healthy child. Yeah, I didn't get, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I also had, um, what did I, what's the other name of the basketball player that I had on the show, on my show the other day? No, the basketball player. Um, what? Is he Jonathan? I don't know why I'm blanking on his last name. Um, I remember, I, I unwillingly had to take a vaccine. The reason why I was... Should you ever it? be forced to put something in your body? Well, I had to take one. So I was born in Jamaica. To come over here, you have to take a bunch of vaccines. Yeah, but should you? It, I have it, a which mark is wild. Yeah, right here, and I don't even know what it's for. Yeah, I gotta go Google it. But like, it, it's one of those vaccines. That if you if you're from another country, you came over here, you had to take it. Right. And I just remember it was like shot day, and I was just like, hopefully this is good. 
Yeah, and that, like, that's you, crazy. You, we're, we're uneducated and we're getting all of these vaccines, right? And this one was the craziest because they let them pass through the approval process because they said it was an emergency. And this is why they blocked all people that were talking about productive treatments because they wouldn't have gotten the emergency use authorization if there was any treatments that were working. So that's why they started talking oh. trash about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, because if people were like, oh, I got better from ivermectin, which many people I know did, like Joe Rogan, this is why this whole scandal happened. He was like, I got better, right? Mm. If people started taking ivermectin and were getting better, then they wouldn't have had their emergency use authorization, which allowed them to skip through all of the trials. I mean, look at Justin Bieber and Haley Bieber, back to back, yeah. having this face paralysis. Like, do you guys think it's normal for 25-year-olds for their face to just go paralyzed? He's 28 years old. His wife, a couple of months prior, had a brain Bieber clot. might be on them drugs. So I'm going to keep it 100 He's not. He's not. Bieber, no, no, no. What I mean them drugs, Bieber might be on some stuff. This is Hollywood. Like, these people be taking some stuff. Do you think back to back, him and his wife, had two mm. two of the things that happen when you get the shot? It's are listed there, in the FDA documents. Are there, like, what's the official side effects of the vaccine? Do, do you have time? I certainly don't. Well, well, has the government acknowledged those? Yes, they had to, but we had to fight to even get that. We had to take them to court to release the data, get the FDA to to release the data on what they were seeing. And they were seeing Bell's palsy. They were seeing people's faces go paralyzed on the side that they got got the shot. They were seeing, uh, of course, obviously myocarditis. All of the kids, now they have the warning of like, your child can get myocarditis. If your child gets COVID, they're going to be fine. Wait, that facial... Paralysis yes, thing? Bell's palsy is, is one it? of the things listed, right? They, this is the stuff that should be in the media that we should be talking about, but they've essentially tried to censor. Now, they, but they were forced to release documents. They fought to, to they, they tried to say that we don't want to release any of, this, any of these documents for 10 years. They actually tried that. Pfizer and the FDA tried to censor these documents from the public. And while the, at the same time, they were forcing you to go get the injection. You what, want to what talk would, about informed consent? Like, what, I mean. What would you have done, um, like many Americans that I know, that they probably said, hey, listen, I don't really know about this vaccine. I don't really want to take it. But not necessarily was mandated, but for them to go back to work, they had to. It's sad. Right? That, that's, that's, that is the government putting a gun to your head, right, to make you take something that you don't want. That's a crime. That should be described as a crime. Did it affect you in any type of way? Where like No, because I, I run my own businesses. I run my own businesses, and I live in Tennessee. Tennessee never even had a mask mandate. Oh, really? Yeah. Never? Never had. The governor, the governor never issued a mask mandate. Oh, no, New Jersey. Yeah, 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 depending on where you live. That's how you knew it was political. Were, were all the kids in Tennessee dying? No. Well, I would call my sisters. My sisters live in Connecticut. And I'm like, you guys are still masking? I couldn't even believe it. And I was like, where is the outrage from people in New York and Connecticut going, hey, in the South, they haven't had mask mandates for over a year, and you're still That's masking That's what I started us. liking Florida. I went to Florida, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, they were looking at me like, what's wrong with this did guy? Did they all die? <laughs> you know, did all the kids die? So why are your children being masked because of where you live? This is how you know it's political. In every Democrat state, they kept the mask mandates, fought tooth and nail to keep that happening. Why? Okay, again, that's I just what, want to know where it went. Because I, I don't hear about no more, like, uh, unless we just because all, we purchased, we a, got to the vaccination limit where, like, we're yeah. all, like, immune well, now. they could justify the purchase that the government made. These are deals that are being done by executives behind closed doors. You know what I mean? Hmm. They're saying Pfizer will give you X amount of doses. Well, you can't just have X amount of doses sitting rotting on the shelf. So they force people to take it. They, cre- you know, this is, this is absolutely insane. For something that, for me, I had it twice, was a 48-hour cold. Like, literally a 48-hour cold. Like, I can't even believe that people thought. And then everybody that got the vaccine. Could you ever? They even changed the definition of vaccine, the CDC. Did did you have the one where, like, you couldn't smell? That scared the shit out of me. My husband had it. He loved it. You know what he did? What? Yeah, he he had the first wave. That was the first wave, right? He had it. We were in London at the time. 
And he was so amazed by the fact that he couldn't taste that he wanted to me to keep ordering him spicy stuff. He was like, I want to see how hot I can, like, you know, eat, like, super, super no, duper hot it, wings. That scared me. So, like, when, when you lose your sense of taste and smell at the same time, I just, I've never experienced some you shit You got to like have that. fun. You got to do the hot wing challenge. Hell no. I, I was thinking, I'm like, yo, listen, this might be it. And he lost weight. Yeah, he was like, no, it's, it was not enjoyable right now. Yeah, everything tastes like cardboard, but I was like, yo, now this might be it. And I'm like, yo, listen, scaring regular people with death, like, it works. Yeah, it was it was abusive. It was literally traumatizing. It was psychologically traumatizing well, what they did. But there was a lot of data on... They uh, had told you to stay at home and just watch, and then they did this death ticker, which never made any sense, by the way. Imagine if they did a death ticker over for Over a million people, people died, right? Like, like Or millions. Millions. Just, no, this is what they're telling you. Then you go and you look, and they were telling you, oh, we calculated it. If you got hit by a car... And then they were, they changed in the medical examiner's office how they calculated it. So regularly you get hit by a car, they write down you get hit by a car. They were forcing you to test every person post-mortem. So these tests were dial-up, the PCR test. And if you got hit by a car, you were registered as a COVID death. That they post-mortem tested you and they found COVID in your system. No really? symptoms. Yeah, you didn't know this? This was the big scandal. Well, 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 well I, they got the numbers I know they you, wanted. If you died like via gunshot wound. Yes, or like, you were a COVID they, death. Really? 100%. Look it up. Yeah. In postmortem, they made they established the rule that every person had to be tested for COVID, right? So if you died of a gun, people that were literally dying of gunshot wounds, being hit by cars, were registered as COVID deaths because the PCR test, which is the shadiest test ever, I've seen people use that test and test lemonade juice and it came back positive for COVID, okay, said that they also had COVID. So they considered COVID as, a, 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 you know, just saying also this could count as COVID death. It was literally insane. The government- I tested positive one time for it, had no symptoms, and I was just kind of- I, I thought it was a false positive, but I was just like, I just don't know because apparently one of the waves you could catch it and like feel completely normal. Is that sound like, normal to you to say to you like you're totally fine and you, but you're sick because we told you you're sick. Like that's crazy. That's literally crazy. That's it's just insane. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they were saying you're a carrier so you could pass it on. Yeah, and then now they say that that's actually not so and they had it wrong, but in the beginning they didn't know everything. And yes, they changed the way and they were doing postmortem tests. I mean, the entire thing was such medical fraud. It was unbelievable. And I really recommend watching, you know, Dr. Robert Malone talk about it. And, you know, obviously Joe Rogan did that podcast and it was huge for a reason. I mean, we, we watched medical fraud take place globally um, and no one is being held accountable for it. What's your thoughts on the... Um was it? Was that date? Is it January sixth? Everybody keep talking about January sixth with Trump. What are your thoughts? Um, you seen the footage? Okay, so I'll tell. You, I haven't seen many things, but I'll tell you what I think. I think a lot of things changed because of that. I don't think Trump told no one to do anything. I think people. I think there was an energy that was. Like, we've had enough, and that happened, and that's going to happen. But what, what do you happen. think happened? When they got into the Capitol building, what actually happened? Oh, it was wild. I heard it was killing people. No, nobody, no, <laughs> that's no, what I heard. nobody died. This is what's crazy. Well, they like, said the two people died. They yeah, said two no, people no, died. No, no, nobody died. Nobody died. Well, the girl, the only person that died on that day was shot by police, Ashley Babbitt, and she was a Trump supporter. Right? She was literally so shot. So there wasn't like two security or cops that died? No, there were two cops. There was the cop that you're thinking of. His name's Brian. I can't think of his last name that died like days after from a stroke. It had nothing to do with it. But they pretended that, that the fake news narrative said that he was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. It was made up. Nobody died. This is the crazy part. It's like, it's incredible what people don't know because the media tells you lies first. And you like, what was shocking to me is I lived in DC at the time. I was nine months pregnant. Um, I lived right up the street from it, right? And all of a sudden, I started getting all these phone calls from my parents and from my cousins and being like, are you okay? I'm like, what are you talking about? We were surviving. Like, literally, we were like not okay during the Black Lives Matter riots. They were outside flipping cars, burning down restaurants. You know, like literally, you'd walk outside and a bunch of 
Cars were smashed. The they were just rioting. Basically, they just sanctioned rioting in DC. Which would you weeks. think is was worse though? Because I guess some I'm telling people you what was worse. This so, is what, well, like, well, not worse in in violence, but some people might say it's worse to have an attempted coup on the on the well, actual government that that rules the country or whatever you're wild, at over over destroying some private businesses. This is what they're telling trying to make me, a this point. attempted coup, right? So first and foremost. There's a lie. There's the biggest lie is that people were killed. Police officers were killed. It literally never. Brian Sitnik. Sitnik was his name. Sitnik. Okay. Literally an entire lie. If you go back now, because what they do, they lie to you first. And then after they update the articles and say, actually, no, he had this officer did not die from this. He died from a stroke days later. Right. They just get out the lie first. Right. A bunch of grandmas entered the Capitol building. Some of the doors were opened for them. A lot of questions surrounding how involved the FBI was because. You know, they never talk about the guns that they, I mean, the, the bombs that they said were dropped off, right? Do you realize how bizarre it is that a bomb in D.C., which is the most yeah, surveilled city in the entire world, was dropped off at the DNC and RNC uh, headquarters, and they can't figure out who it was, right? W- were there actual bombs? They were, de- they, they couldn't have gone off, but there, there was a hooded figure that dropped off the night before January 6th, on January 5th, dropped this off. Okay, it looks like an FBI sting to me, to be honest with you. Like something is shady and nobody talks about the bomb. Nobody talks about the bomb anymore. Arrested anyone in connection with the bomb. No. Do you realize how weird that is? It's D.C. There's a camera on every single corner. Okay, so this the entire thing to me feels like an FBI sting because none of it makes any sense. The media lied about everything that happened the night before. They just can't find this guy, but they're focused on prosecuting these grandmas who walked in the Capitol building. Now, let me get to that point and why this is ridiculous about the coup. The media applauded. Go look at the headlines. Okay. Brett Kavanaugh being confirmed. Okay, you want to talk about insurrection? These women dressed up as, like they were in the handsmaid tale, literally got on top of the statues, stormed the building, interrupted the vote, were screaming during the time that that, uh, Mike Pence was proceeding over it. They were getting arrested. They were sitting inside of the um, offices of Chuck Grassley, getting getting arrested, saying they weren't going to move, and they were screaming, saying, like, my rape, blah, 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 blah. The media said these were the bravest women that have ever existed. The media interprets what you see, and that is what I'm constantly trying to tell people. The Brett Kavanaugh stuff was nuts. It was literally nuts, and they sanctioned it. The Democrats said, we need more of this. These women are brave. They're standing up. They said he can't be confirmed under any any circumstances. Not an insurrection. Not a coup. Totally fine. A bunch of grandmas with their little flags walked in. Go look at the footage inside the Capitol. They didn't even break down the the ropes, the the velvet ropes. They walked in between the ropes. I'm not saying either is okay, by the way. No, no, no. But the the way it was kind of also kind of reported was kind of like... Like people died? No, well, Trump had these extremist groups that were like almost like militarized that were on standby. And he kind of like sent out like a subliminal message like attack, right? And then also I seen an article like... Very recently, and, and I'm pretty sure it's an official publication. I put this out, and it was like, "Oh, Trump! Uh, some doc, something came out that said Trump was supposed to like try to take power. Like, it was, which sounds ridiculous. It's, it's just it, it all it all is ridiculous, and that's the point. Is that I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that January 6th, and I know Tucker Carlson did a documentary on this. I think it was set up by the CIA and FBI. I really do. Because it, it, it doesn't make, it defies logic to me. And the only thing that will change my position on this is them arresting whoever was responsible for the pipe bombs. Because it, I live in D.C. There's a camera on every single corner. You're talking about the White House, the Capitol building, okay? That you're going to tell me that 
a, a hooded figure just dropped off pipe bombs and walked away and they have no idea who it is. They know exactly who it is. They know exactly who it is. Mm. Chaos was the point of January 6th and I think it was planned before it. And I and I think it was as a way to kind of like get this Trump narrative coup right before, you know, like it, I really do believe that. I, I believe that on the inside, people have been working against Trump and his administration and the media has been complicit in it, obviously. They couldn't say one good thing about him and everybody was living well. So I have a lot of question Trump for, marks. for that day? He didn't say anything about violence. How could you blame him at all? It's crazy. Go watch his speech. He never said, go kill people, go do anything. Like, it's just, it's, it's insane to me. The fact that he got wiped, up, wiped off of Twitter for violence. Do you remember what his last tweet was? That he got wiped off was? Uh, I think he, he was trying to stop the stop what was going on. He never right? tweeted but, one thing that was even kind of violent. But, but, but I, I guess it's about the energy, which, which people constantly talked about. And this is the part where like, a president's supposed to be someone who unifies. They always said Trump was a divisive candidate. They always said that, um, or a divisive president, they said that he also had the, he would galvanize these really fringe conservative, well, I don't know if conservative, but radical groups actually. And those are the people who end up doing that because of course he's going to denounce the KKK but he can't say, "Oh yeah, I'm with y'all." Like he's going, he's not gonna, he's not gonna say, "Oh yeah, I back the Proud Boys or whoever." Like a hundred percent. But it's kind of like, like it's a wink, wink type of shit. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I don't know what you so, mean. So, so it's like, I think you, they're you, giving yeah. him the blame because they're saying, "Hey, listen, there's been times where he's denounced these people, but he knows his base, and he knows that these people rock with him heavy." The idea that the Ku Klux Klan is his base. Where, the, where do the Ku Klux Klan meet? I wouldn't say the Ku Klux Klan, but, 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 but I would say like... Because they make this up. Where are all the Ku Klux Klan? How many members are in the Ku Klux Klan? Who has ever seen the Ku Klux Klan anywhere, right? They, this is what I mean. I they, they use pain from black American past, yeah. right? The Ku Klux Klan is... They, where is the Ku Klux Klan? No, I have never seen the Ku Klux Klan. I'm going to keep it... They describe like... I don't they even know what the Proud like Boys right are. They behind you. The Proud Boys is started they, by they a Latino man. They describe the Proud Boys like that's the new... Right. The, without the hoodies. Who, I'm who, keep who it. is the leader of the Proud Boys? I got no He's idea. Latino. Really? Yes, they're all Latino. The leaders are all Latino. The person who started the Proud Boys is Latino. This is why I'm saying the media just tells you guys lies and people just buy it. They're like, the Proud Boys is this white supremacist organization. I think it's one of skinheads. No, no, it's, it's, it's Latinos. Really? So, yes, go look up the, the founder of, uh, of Proud Boys. Savannah, look him up. I forgot what his name is. The founder of Proud Boys. It's a Hispanic guy. This is what I mean. The media just tells you guys the narrative that they want, and there's just no facts that are ever. And, and by the way, I'm not saying that I support violence if it comes from the Proud Boys. I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, you know, but they really will have you believing, like, like we really, as black Americans, walk outside and the Ku Klux Klan is there. I always, I always ask black Americans, when's the last time you seen a Ku Klux Klan member? Where do they meet? Like, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, so the media just told you there was, like, you know, the Klansmen that were supporting Trump. Shit, I mean. <laughs> like, they just told you that. Well, you we've heard a lot it. about it. We just haven't seen them. We, we haven't seen them, which is and, crazy. And, 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 you keep hearing on. about it because it keeps you fearful, and that's the best way and, and for then, black Americans to be. They make you, they want you to vote according to your emotions, not according to the facts. And then they'll say, well, they still exist. They just took off the hoodies, and now they actually have real roles and positions in government. You know what I mean? They're like, hey. If they do, they're Democrats. Let me tell you that. Well, because they were, the Ku Klux Klan was always Democrats, obviously. The Democrats ran the Ku Klux Klan. It wasn't the Republicans. Learn you got to learn your history. When did that switch? I, like from what I from what I know, and I think I never the parties never switch. That's a myth. No, 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 no. When when did like you know? Um, I, I I felt like African Americans just like when did it completely? Sw I feel like at a time it was more um, receptive towards 
you know, whatever the Republicans are saying. And I think now is just completely Democrat. Like, how did it just get to welfare. this point? Straight welfare. Welfare. 60 years of welfare enslavement. What's his name? Enrique Interio started the Proud Boys. Spanish. <laughs> it's just media narrative that they're skinheads. I don't know. He got arrested recently. He's this, a bunch of Hispanic dudes at the top of the Proud Boys. So I don't know how that became about racism, but it, that's what it is. And I think in certain images, too, there's an image of, like, about 30 or, like, I think it was more than that. A bunch of, like, guys, they had, like, uh, someone's, they were, like, all handcuffed on a lawn. And, and it was, like. This recent one? Yeah, yeah. How, did that not look like an FBI thing, too? I'm, like, they were all, like, masked. Yeah, yeah, And they yeah. were, like, they were all, like, it, that was shady. I did not learn much about it, but I was, like, this looks weird. Like, the F, don't forget, the FBI, you know. They do a lot of stuff. They did. They were the ones behind the. You you think the FBI would do some shit like that? Are you kidding me? Look, they were the ones behind the freaking plot to kill Governor Whitmer, and they set that up as Trump supporters. That just got unveiled. The FBI has been. Well, first off, the FBI has always been plotting against Americans. Always since the beginning of history. Martin Luther King. Like this is what the FBI does. They create all these things. Wait, are these things confirmed? Because I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm and pretty these are sure. conspiracies. You can go look up the FBI since its inception. It has it was put together to blackmail Americans. Americans, right? Like information they had, they were calling up MLK Jr. I have questions about his assassination, right? Like, I mean, called him up all the time and said, well, we have footage of you cheating on your wife, all this stuff. Like, you know, they've always been corrupt. Like there was never a period where the FBI has not been caught being corrupt in America. There was never 10 years where they were doing solid work, right? The FBI is, we have issues with our agencies, full stop in America, whether or not you're left or right, you should acknowledge and learn the history of the FBI because it's really dark. Um, but it, it, do you derive at that conclusion? Uh, because I, I get the feeling like you're, you're definitely for just smaller government. Period. Yes, I don't. Our government is corrupt and out of control, like yeah. out of control. And that's my main thing is like I am not anti-black. I am not anti-white. I am anti-woke. And I see the devil is the government. You know what I mean? Like if we have smaller government, won't the people be just, more empowered? Well, not only more empowered, but won't there be like just almost kind of chaos as well too in the streets you know what i mean no, the chaos is in the streets now the government's in control crime rates are up 40 to 60 percent since black lives matter protests since defund the police and since the federal government has gained more control off the back of it that's what happens the more power leads to you know socialist policies lead to communism right in a communist system the government is omnipotent they have full power over the people look what's happening in cuba look what's happening to venezuela where the average person has lost 15 pounds and they're starving and trying to leave the country right that is when the government has the ultimate power and that is what the left is swimming toward here full power for the government. They're, they keep empowering themselves. There's racism, so we need to create more government departments to deal with the racism. This is why there's never-ending issues. There's homophobia. Okay, we know they have gay marriage, but what about the transgender? We need to create more departments in the government to deal with the transgender. Like, the government is, every single person should be looking at the government right now and realizing how evil it is. They keep laundering money out of, the, out of you know, our site, like the tax dollars. The Ukraine stuff, they just signed off $60 billion dollars. One yeah, overseas after 20 years of Afghanistan, what was going on there for, for, for us to lose control in 48 hours in Afghanistan. And then you sign us up for stuff in Ukraine and Russia. You, this is your money. This is, this is stuff that you should be focusing on. These are your tax dollars. Like this is what the government is doing with your tax dollars. When they say get behind this agenda or that the, the government's going to help and we're going to start implementing programs, they're taking more money away from you. We're going to implement on the back of George Floyd, more race programs. They're taking money away from you. Say no. No, thank you. I'm good. You know? Do you recognize Pride Month? 
No. <laughs> Debauchery? Absolutely not. Do I recognize Pride Month? Get out of here. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, people shaking their asses in the middle of the street is disgusting. No. Negative. Oh, man. I don't know. I, th- I think I've got all my questions in. I think so. I, let, let me just make sure. I, I got. I mean, I hope. By the way, here's the thing. And for anybody who's watching this, I came here hoping to try to um, offer enough buffer or retort, um, even if I agree with her on certain things, just because I want it to be a fair conversation. I, I, I love the fact that we could have conversations about this, and I hate the fact when people say don't have the conversation. Right. So I, I really wish. And, and for anyone who's definitely in, a, in the black community who you might be a little bit more informed than me, you should invite her on. Like, it was pretty easy for me to get her. You should invite her on. You should, you should challenge her. You should. This is how we have public discourse that will go towards, you know, bettering, I think, our lives. Yeah, I totally agree. And I hope that everybody that is watching also uh, watches the George Floyd documentary, The Black Light, George Floyd and the Rise of BLM, uh, which is going to be releasing in a couple of weeks. And you can. Go to dailywire.com slash Candice. And I think you really are going to be blown away. And I think that it will totally transform you in the way that it transformed me about a lot of the positions. And you'll start to just kind of realize that the media is evil. Yeah. That's my honest opinion. Listen, man, I, I think we've done. Uh, how, how long was that? Jeez. Wow. Now, thank you so much. for. You know how many contractions I've had since I've been sitting here? Oh, my I God. I could have had the baby. It's Jeez. completely inappropriate. No. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I, I wish you, you know, uh, a healthy birth. Thank and, you so much. Um, listen, I'm happy for everything you've done. From that moment watching you on that stage to like where you're at now, you know, I, I think you're you're you probably get less frustrated and and you probably have more you know honest conversations. Yeah. Which, which I think that's the best thing. Yeah, I you totally know? agree. Thank you for inviting me out. Thanks for having me. This has been Off the Record. It's Candace Owens, DJ Academics, probably one of our most explosive and I think maybe controversial. I hope Spotify does not freak out over this. Oh, they're okay. going to freak out. I don't think out. it's Joe Rogan asking. <laughs> really? You're definitely, they're going to freak out. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. I'll keep you updated. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure you guys watch the next episode of Off the Record. It's where.